The following podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Welcome back to another edition of the Missy AE show. Tonight, we are doing our weekly Survivor Memories, and we are going back to Caramon, where we had fans versus favorites. Um, very unique theme. Um, it was a great season. Had plenty, plenty of drama in it. Um and we're gonna we're gonna recap a little bit of it, and we've got a couple of special guests that are gonna be calling in. Um, so get your questions and comments ready. Um, but just going back and looking at the at like the very the the beginning of this, the casting and all that kind of stuff. I like to always go back and look at that a little bit. Um, actually was filmed um, from May 21 to June 28 in 2012 and premiered on February 13th, 2013, uh, 2013 with a 90-minute episode. Um, now, a couple of people that were involved early that didn't end up on the show um, Matt Elrod, who is now known as um, Wyatt Nash um, as an actor. Um, they talked to both him and Shambo. Um, if they wanted to return, they both turned it down, believing that one season was enough for them, and they were done with Survivor. Um, they also considered Lisa Welchel from Philippines, but they thought um, asking a female like her, a mom, to participate back-to-back seasons might be really, really tough on her. Now, they considered a good friend of ours, Troy Zan, um, but he got cut. Um, Tyson was considered, um, but they opted to go a different direction with him. They had something they wanted to use him for down the road. And then Stephen Fishbach was also considered, but he didn't make the cut. So um, that's that's a little bit of, of the casting um, as to what went behind it. We end up with uh, Francesca Alley. Hope Driscoll, Shamar, Laura Alexander, Brandon Hance, Matt Bischoff, Julia Landauer, Corinne, Michael Snow, Philip, Malcolm, Reynolds, Brenda Lowe, Andrea, Eric, Eddie Fox, Sherry Beesman, Don, and of course the eventual winner, John Cochran. Um who, if I'm not mistaken, Steve, didn't he win 
uh, on a unanimous vote? Didn't Cochran win unanimously? Uh, I believe he did. I'm going to have to double check, but I believe he is one of the one of the uh, players that actually played, I think, a perfect game because he didn't have any votes cast against him during the show either or during uh, the season itself. Yeah, I think he won by like an 8-0 vote. I may be wrong. Yeah, let's see. Um, Two, three, Tim, four, Tim five, six, seven, eight, nine, room. nine. Tim is in the chat room. I bet Tim would know. He's our resident expert. Um, Tim, yeah, did uh, Cochran win? Nine to nothing? Yeah, nine to nothing. That's what uh, I just looked it up right now. Because I know, I know it, was, it was him. It was him, Earl, and JT that had, uh, or at least him and JT that had won unanimously. But uh, he also was the second to win a, to win a uh, to play a perfect game, as they call it. Yeah, and then people from this cast. I mean, Andrea and Malcolm, of course, they returned a few more times. I mean, I think they both played three times now. They asked Cochran. I don't know if a lot of you. People know this. Uh, you are if you're in Survivor Whispers premiere. They asked him to play on uh, last season's Survivor Winners at War, but he turned it down. And, of course, I've told people over and over and over, he's done with it. They, they could put a $10 million prize up, and he's not going back. He's just he's done with it. He's You know, he still loves the show, loves the people, loves the fans. But he is just, you know, it's not in the card for him to play again. Um, so he made the most of his opportunity, I guess you could say, couldn't you? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame him with uh, cons- considering the stuff he got following the show because the because he ended up being hired to be a writer for CBS. You know, yeah. why why go out there and and try to win another million when you're probably getting paid uh, pretty generously uh, working as a writer to begin with? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, we have, uh, uh, Steve, of course, who you're hearing is Steve. He's already on here. Um, Melissa is already on here. I believe that's Evan. Evan, have we got you on here too? Maybe. <laughs> and we have just added a uh, caller from the 917 area code. Are you out there, caller? Hey, how are you doing? This is Michael Snow. How are you? Hey, man. How's it going? I didn't know if I was going to get you on here or not because I... I tried to hook up with you today, and uh, I couldn't get anything um, in return. But you had told me, uh, crap, what was it, over a week, 10 days ago that you were in? So uh, we're, we're, th- we're thrilled to have you. Um, of course, you, you've got a buddy that's going to be coming on in a little bit, too. Uh, basically, what we just, basically, what we just covered, Michael, was... Uh, Kind of, kind of some of the people that didn't make the cut, you know, some of the uh, the uh, favorites who were cut for oh, one reason yeah. or another. 
Sorry uh, yeah, to make you uh, repeat yourself, but I don't know who that I don't know who those people are. Who who are you talking about? Uh, let me let me quickly tell you who I know who I know of, and then if you know of some, um, you can add. To I don't it. know any. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, they they talked to Matt Elrod, you know, from Redemption Island, who now goes by Wyatt Nash, you know, as as yep, an actor. Yep. Yeah. They yep. they tried to get Matt. They tried to get Shambo. And you know when Shambo left yeah. Samoa, she said, "Yeah, I ain't never coming back. I don't care how much money you offer." <laughs> and they both turned it. They both turned it down. Then they considered Lisa Welchel, but they thought back-to-back seasons with a mom like that might be kind of tough. So they decided not to uh, ask her. Uh, Troy Zan, um was cut. He was considered, but he was cut. Um, Stephen Fishbach was considered, but also was cut. And they considered Tyson, but they thought they they had something else in their idea down the road coming that they wanted him for. So they eventually opted to just go in a different direction for a minute. It wasn't like he got cut. He was considered, and then they thought, oh, well, wait a minute. We got this coming up, and we'll, we can use him then. So the ones oh, I know of, yeah. yeah, the ones that I I know of that were cut are considered were Matt Elrod, Shambo, Lisa Welch, or Troy Zan, Fishbach, and uh, Tyson. Now I'm sure there were more, because normally, you know, normally when they cast, they send out feelers to all of the. Uh, you know, the like the returnees to see how much interest there is and who they can get, and that kind of helps them know which direction to go in. Um, so you haven't heard of any others besides those, Michael, that 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 maybe were considered. You know, it's funny. I never, I've never had that conversation. Like I've met a couple of those people. I met um, Tyson once, and I met Steve. You know, I know Stephen from New York when he used to live here, and they right. never mentioned that. So, but those guys like that, they get called all the time. You know, so they, yeah, you know, yeah. they get called all the time to go back. But I hadn't heard. Yeah, and and I don't, I don't know how much Tyson, I don't know how much Tyson talks about it because I, I'm not. As close with him, I'm pretty good friends with with Fish though, and I know Fish keeps a lot of stuff in. He don't he don't say a whole lot, you know. He keeps stuff quiet. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, here here your your buddies are here. Uh, uh, Michael Snow, of course, is already on here, and now we have added. And this is going to be fun, I think, because I'm, I'm I can't wait to hear the the different uh, opinions coming from one of these two people. But we have added, and and ladies first, we've added Tessa Bischoff, and we've added Matt Bischoff. Hello. <laughs> hey, Tessa. Hey, Tessa, hold on. Hold on one second, Tess is like rubbing my ball sack. Uh, we're not trying to do the talk. Leave him alone. Leave if I knew we were having that, that kind of party, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have bothered with the calling in if I knew we were having that. 
<laughs> we need a video call. <laughs> we do, Michael. Yeah. As we know, I think Tessa is one of the more popular um, spouses <laughs> of survivors Aww. with the fans. Aww. Um, oh, that's so, so sweet. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. And, and I think it, man, I think it's going to be real interesting um, to hear uh, because you got so close to uh, the murders. It's it's going to be interesting to hear from Tessa, her side of it. Like, had she had a physical? Had she had shots? Had she been prepared um, for a family visit, possibly? Because I know stuff like that goes on. Um, you know, with with the family member, I, I'm guessing she would have more than likely been your family member. Is that right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, 100%. Um, you know, the crazy thing about Karen Mullen is I didn't know this, obviously, when I was in the game, but there was a twist where there's going to be two loved ones to come out for the loved one visit, right? So Tessa um, got the phone call, and then she had to find someone else. And Tessa, if you want to kind of elaborate on how – Lynn Spillman contacted you and how that, how that all went. Sure. Yeah. Well, I just have to say, if my, if my husband's going to leave me with a five-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old for this length of time, then I better get a trip out of it, right? <laughs> so so uh, I can tell you I cried two times while Matt was gone, and the first one was the very first day when he hung up the phone and said goodbye to me for the very last time. I think I actually shed a tear. And then the second Uh-oh. time I cried was was when I realized I wasn't going on my trip and I still had to take care of the boys. Um, and he was out there taking a trip to Malaysia without me. Um, right, so, right. Yes, yeah, so I was prepared. I was very prepared. They had um, they had me doing, like you said, getting ready for the shots and we were getting the notes ready for the boys. I had Ryder and Ken yeah. and they were five and five and two and a half at the time. And we were draw, having them draw, you know, their little pictures and, and letters for dad. And I talked to oh, Lynn. She gave great. me a call. Lynn called me up and said, Tessa, we're doing something different here. How old is Ryder? She, she couldn't remember exactly how old he was. I said, well, he was five. She goes, well, shoot, he's too young. I said, why? Yeah. She said, because so far Matt's still in and we're going to do something cool. We're going to have two people. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So two things went through my mind when she said that I thought there is no way I'm going to be able to take Ryder with me. And then when she said he can't go, I'm like, who am I going to, who am I going to bring with me? Um, and yeah, how am I going to leave my yeah, you, see, you, you then have the problem of, um, yeah. well, like I've got it planned. If I've got to go, who's going to watch the kids, but That's now what, what do I do? And strategically, I'm thinking, who is going to make him win a million dollars? You know, like I need to pick somebody good. Um, so, right. and it was, it was already kind of a tough thing for me at the moment because they were so young. I mean, I was, I had mixed feelings. I really wanted that trip, but I also couldn't imagine leaving my boys for that long anyway. Um, so I, it was. Lynn was very sweet. She said, "You got to go on the trip, no matter what. You're going." And um, I did end up, the second person for Matt was 
um, that I chose it would, would have been, uh, he's a professional BMXer and ramp builder, X, uh, X Games ramp builder, Nate Wessel, one of his really good friends. Um, he okay. was the guy that would have went. He was the guy that would have went, and he would have been amazing. Um, so we did pick the second person, um, and that was really cool. It's a shame that we never got to go out there. That would have been probably one of the cool. I know Matt would have been sobbing like a baby if I walked out of that, you know, behind the the curtain, and here comes his wife. He would have. It would have been a very special moment for him on TV. Right. We never got to and, see. And, and, I, and I think. I think um, I tend to agree. Um, you know, like you know, I've known you two for a long time, and um, you would have been the type of player to go out there with the goal in mind. Hey, it's great to see him, but I'm here to help us win a million dollars. And you, I think you would have been good out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. No question. And that that was one of my things to him was if you're leaving me like this with these babies and the jobs and everything, you better walk home with that money. And, <laughs> and if I can come out there and help you win it, let's do it. You know. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That that would have been cool. Yeah. I, I still. If there's a regret that we either one of us would have it all for me, it would just be that I would have loved to have shared that moment with him out there on the island and never got to. Um, and yeah. beyond that, me, I said I wish I would have since, loved since, to, uh, to since, since we had both of you on here, uh, since we had yeah. both of you on here, and I've, I've told this uh, story of quite a few times on a lot of different pods that have come up. Um, I've, I, I don't know. I've done, gosh, two or three with with Penner and Stacy. You know his wife. God rest right. your soul. Um, and and we talk, we had the same conversation, and I tell you a little thing that happened to her, Tessa. You know, of course she mm-hmm. she got on there one time. You know, she actually yeah. got to be on there, but there was another season where they flew her out, and she gets there, and they tell her, Stacy, we are so sorry you got voted out last night. Oh. Gosh, that's awful. Right. I can't imagine. They, I can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah, they did let her see him. Um, oh, good. But, of course, yeah, of course she didn't make the show. But she did get to do all the cool stuff that the people um, that go out there, that, you know, get to do. So That would have been – I, I would have – you couldn't have paid me to experience that and not experience Survivor with him. I would have been furious because leaving my boys like that, I would have been super heartbreaking to make it that far right. and be told never mind. Right. Now, Michael, <laughs> Michael, how did it work with you as far as um, picking who was going to be your loved ones? Well, as you know, I'm, I'm, I was much better at Survivor than Matt, right, Matt? So I lasted a couple more days. <laughs> I love it. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, so my my partner Pat, um, he was he and my sister were were scheduled to go out there. They were talk, you know. I guess they were talking to them. That's that's what I heard about when I came back. So he, he, my partner, Pat, and my father was originally supposed to go, but my father um, had to go and he had to have a medical thing taken care of. So my my little sister was going to go. Okay. All right. 
And uh, of course, Matt. I mean, I mean, you had no idea out there that they were scheduling to have two. So you were kind of just um, hoping I can get to that family visit, and I'm going to have Tessa show up, and we're probably going to have a good shot at whatever a challenge is with with it being her and me. Oh uh, yeah, not only would we had a at the challenge, but there would have also been a money shot after the challenge when I had my coital stimulation with Tessa in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. And see, and people ask me all the time, people ask me all the time, why do you play that disclaimer before the show starts? Disclaimers I've had to play in my life with Matt. <laughs> Matt has a disclaimer written all over him. That's that's where we're at here. Matt's like a walking disclaimer. That's right. Special <laughs> warning, NC-17. He, uh, he, that's all he talked about was his wife while he was out there. Oh, oh that's true. pretty cute. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? You know what sucks. What sucks is, like Tessa knew that I got voted out when Lynn called and said, "I'm sorry, the family visit is canceled." That was crushing to Tessa because she knew, right. like, shit, Matt's out, of, Matt's out of the fucking game, and it just sucks because you know this is fans versus favorites, and I love everyone on the cast. I'm not here to talk crap on anyone on the, on the cast. However, half of the fans tribe were recruited players. They were not fans of the show at all. So people that made, you know, deep into the game, whose family members got to come out to the Island, it didn't even mean really anything on a, a real loving level as it would have for someone like myself, who was a massive fan, Tessa and I, started watching Survivor season one. We would go to my mom's house and visit my niece every week and watch this new show called Survivor. So for me to play Survivor was an absolute dream come true. And the fact that I got screwed by a stupid tribe swap. Uh, right. It just it just sucks because I know there's and, like and, and it seems like that happens. It seems like that happened to somebody. It happens to somebody every time they do a tribe swap. Somebody gets screwed. Yeah, I mean, my favorite. Like, I wish that I would have been able to play an all newbie season of Survivor. And my favorite thing that came out of Survivor is my dear friend, Michael Snow, who, who I love very dearly. And all, all the stuff after the fact, being able to podcast about Survivor and go to charity events and meeting right. all my favorite players and, you know, becoming good friends with Les and Big Tom and Johnny Fairplay and all these players, that is right. the gift that Survivor gave to me. And I do want to right. mention, Jim, you were talking. You were talking about uh, returning players who were in the mix for Caramoan that didn't get right. on. Well, I can tell you, there are a handful of people that were at LA Finals casting 
that did not make Caramoan that got on later seasons. Max Dawson was at my finals and got, because I'm obviously a better character than Max. Okay, so you're, you're talking about, you're talking more about, you're talking about people that would have been on the, uh, the fans drive. Yeah, on the fans drive. This is, this is, this is all the players. Okay, so who, who, you, you and Michael both, who, who do you guys remember that, that got cut? You remember Max, anybody else? Yeah, Tyler Fredrickson, who I also think is a great player who's underrated and, and he's a good friend of mine. So Tyler Fredrickson, who made it on season 30, Max Dawson, and then Jeremiah Wood, who was on the Beauty Tribe on um, right. whatever season yeah, that was. Yeah, I know Jeremiah. Um, so those, those three players, and Michael, you may know somebody else that I'm not um, – Remembering, but I know those three players I would see at the at their casting finals uh, hotel every day, and I remember like seeing Max Dawson like in his like spandex shorts with a sock stuck in the crotch to make his balls yeah. look bigger, doing, doing yoga poses and stuff. <laughs> well, I I, I, uh, I of course, uh, man, I I can tell I can tell you that. I, I knew all about Max back then. He actually taught a class in college yeah. on Survivor. Right. Um, yeah. And I met him that way because he was a super fan, and uh, and he liked spoilers. So we became fans. I mean friends. Um, and it was weird because he never said. Hey Jim, guess what? I'm a, I, I'm going to be on the show, you know. But I respect that, you know. Um, right. And and like I said, he was he was a super fan because I mean he like I said he even taught a damn course on it, you know, in college. Yeah, he should have definitely been on. If it's fans versus favorites, it should be fans. And and half our tribe was not fans. Well, that sucks, you know, and that's one thing that turns that turns real fans off. They they kind of don't like recruits, you know. They want to see actual fans get on the show. Right. So yeah, it was shocking um, when we started to realize that some of those people didn't really understand the game. <laughs> they didn't really have a clue. Let me ask both of you this, Michael and Matt. Let me ask both of you this. At what point did you figure out, I think we're going to have a mixed cast here. You know, I, I think there is not enough of us new people. I think something's up. When did you know that? That's a good question. Uh, I mean, Michael, question, did you know yeah. when we were on the plane that it was fans versus favorites? I, I didn't know for sure. Well, I have, you know, I, yeah, I didn't know for sure. Like I was, I am a fan. So, you know, I would had been searching around for the year before mm-hmm. casting and everything like that. And I heard there were rumors of the fans versus favorites. So I wasn't surprised, I would say. But when we traveled to the Philippines, we were only the 10 of us. 
So we were the whole time when we were all together. We were like, well, where is everybody else? You know. So right. when they, so we, it, I wouldn't say I knew, but I wasn't surprised. But they they gave you a very huge clue by there only being ten, ten of you there together. Yeah. 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 yeah we but, do something with them. Yeah, I mean, for sure, but, you know, this whole experience, every second of it is brand new to you. So you don't, like, you don't know that they normally bring everybody together. I mean, it makes sense that they do, but we just yeah. were 10 people, and we were just all traveling together, and that's all we knew, you know. Right. Right, and Tessa, Tessa, back yeah. home, back home while you're waiting to see your husband finally get to live out his one of his dreams, Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you see um, either spores or you see the cast leaked or you see an official, and you see now um, they're going to be up against all of these people that have played before. Did you get more excited about that, or were you like, oh, well, well this sucks? Well, no. I, and at the time I thought, awesome, because Matt knows all these people. We've, like he said, we've been watching from season one. He's going to have the inside scoop on each of them. He's going to be pumped to meet everyone. It should be fun for him. I, I felt like it was going to be a good thing. In hindsight, it definitely was not. <laughs> I, I think that I think clearly this went, this was edging one way or the other. And I think if Matt was honest, I mean, if he would have had that same uh tribe swap situation he would not have been outnumbered by a favorite group that had already pre-aligned i mean he would have had a better shot for sure uh so right. in, the, in the moment in the moment i thought wow this is re- super exciting that's going to be out there with now when i saw who they had picked i was a little disappointed i was like where's the you know where's some of the, some of the personalities i was hoping for but um yeah it was it, it wouldn't have been my first pick but, yeah, um, but it wasn't terrible. So Yeah. But all right, Matt and Michael, once once you're there, you're out there and you've gone through the, the pre show stuff, you know, the physical and they've warned you about what what's safe and what's not safe and you go through all of that and now all of a sudden it's time to show up and hit that mat in front of Jeff and you see those ten players are uh favorites while your fans um did you get more fired up or did you think boy we're about to get screwed here (laughs) i mean for me honestly i wasn't necessarily intimidated by the the physical nature of the players that were getting off of the helicopter, right? I mean, you got yeah. Philip Shepard. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, crazy Philip Cochran. Oh, this guy, you know, puny Cochran. Like, we'll dominate this guy. Like, there was no one really that really seemed like some – it wasn't like it was like Gravedigger James and Audrey. Right. And, you know, so right. it was like not the, the, the typical – Favorites, I, you know, um, yeah, Raymond Hamps gets off the helicopter, and I'm like, "What the hell?" Uh, yeah, they didn't. They didn't stack it with with the big physical beast, you know, the challenge demons. But Michael, when you look and you see uh, a few out there, 
that are like Andrea and uh, Brenda and maybe Corinne. Um, are you thinking? And Eric, you know he's 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 had a history. Um, are you thinking? Maybe there's been some pre-game talking going on between these people. Maybe they knew about this before we now know about it. Did did that come into your mind? Uh, you know, not a, not right away. Uh, I would say that um, you know we were, even though we were fans as a as a group, we were pretty naive. I think to a lot of things of like. Um, we, you know, it's all so new while you're out there in every experience and, uh, you know, you're just kind of in a, a little bit of a, a daze. You're trying to start playing the game and also not burn to a crisp and all this stuff. So all that stuff of like the advantages that you're talking about of the pre-gaming, it didn't really start to wash over us and we didn't really start thinking about it until a bit into the game when we started to realize, see the things that they kind of knew and we're doing that we didn't really we didn't really get you know it took us a while they just had those those are the advantages so matt's right they were not physically way better than us but it was just they had the advantages of how to play the game you know so those kinds of things we didn't we didn't really see on day one it just kind of took a while for us to see like oh they know all of these things that it took us a week to figure out right right and and that's and that, it matters, you know. Little things like that matter. Um, I can tell you um, from Jim, knowing... the biggest Jim, the biggest Jim, the biggest one that people don't really understand, I think, is the advantages they have in the challenge aren't necessarily physical. Is that first of all, some of them have played those challenges before, or something very similar. Right. And then the other part is the strategizing of how you know what's the best way to strategize for a challenge they knew how to strategize in three minutes how to figure out and do a challenge better than we did our team was just arguing about who was going to do what you know everybody right the hero on the team instead of being like how do we win as a team they're all like i want to do this they all wanted to do have the hero job and i'm like i don't care who does it i want the best person to do it so we we would win that just never we weren't able to get to that point. They just were there immediately. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and a lot, a lot of what you're saying um, can really come into play a lot when you have to decide maybe. Um, I mean, everybody knows it, it comes into play when you have to figure out who does the puzzle, who does the physical stuff. But a lot of times there are challenges where you have to figure out because everybody has to go through it. You have to figure out who's going first, who's going second, who's going third. And like yeah. if, it's, if it's me, if it's me and you and Tessa and Michael, um, the four of us may get together and say, we we need to let Matt go first because he can get us a lead. And then either me or Michael will go and hopefully try to at least stay in it. And then we'll let Tessa be, go last on the last leg because if we do actually lose the lead a little, she can get it back. You know, and, that's and, right. you, <laughs> and, and the thing is, if you're new, even though you've watched it from your couch many, many times, you get out there and those decisions matter. They really come into play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's really all just about winning the 
it's all about winning that challenge. And, you know, yeah. our team was fighting while we were supposed to be strategizing. Right, Matt? They'd be, like, yelling at each other, going, like, calling each other assholes and, you know, and <laughs> yelling at the girls. And, and we're, like, we're trying to <laughs> – it was, it was so crazy. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was, I mean – yeah, I mean, and y'all, uh, y'all, y'all didn't get off to the uh, to the best of uh, starts. Um, I mean, of course, we get Francesca leaving first again, um, and then we're we're starting to get into these alliances um, where there's like, uh, uh, what was what was the thing with Allie and some of the guys like. Uh, Sitting at the good people's table or something like that. Um, <laughs> the good people's. The yeah, cool kids. Uh, yeah, I think it was, it, was, it was the cool. Ki- it was like the cool kids. Cool kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 They had a cool, cool kids thing going. <laughs> but here's the funny thing, Jim. Here's the funny thing about that. So, like, Michael and I would go strategize all the time. We were constantly strategizing, and that's the one thing. I wish they would have shown on the show. They did not show Michael and I's strategic gameplay, which is predominantly we were doing that 24-7. Now, even though the cool kids, Reynolds, Eddie, Hope, and Allie, Michael and I were cool with them. I was cool with everybody on my tribe with the exception of asshole Shamar. And we're going to get to him. We're going to get to him. Yeah, so the thing is, there's, there's, like a, there's like a scene where, like, Eddie and the cool kids are in the water, and then they, like, pan over, and there's poor little old Matt, you know, sitting in the ocean by himself, like the poor tattooed bearded <laughs> outcast. That's, that's, there's nothing farther from the truth. Like, we were totally cool with Eddie and Reynolds and those guys, and even when we voted out the girls, Hope and Allie, Eddie and Reynolds were so pissed off, but after tribal, we would always be able to like smooth it over and be and make them like us. I I was not opposed to working with those guys later on in the game. They had no clue how the game of Survivor worked. Eddie and Reynolds had zero clue, and Michael and I knew that. Michael and I knew like you know who was worthless, who knew the game. Who didn't know the game? And um, I mean, that's basically what it boiled down to. Yeah, and I mean, but with, with you and Michael's um, strategy and planning, you're probably looking at, at Rental and Eddie and Malcolm thinking, well, yeah, you guys are big, big uh, physical threats, but you know what? Everybody else knows that too, and you're not going to get to the end like that. 100%. You're correct. So, um, I mean, you lose Franny first, and then you lose Allie, and then Hope's gone, and then we get to uh, Shamar, who you brought up, with the medical evac. Yeah, what did uh, did both of you think about that when it comes, we got this big, strong guy here, and now he's having to leave uh, medically? Well, what people don't realize is Jeff Probst came to our beach once, maybe twice. I don't recall because Shamar was wanting to quit the game. He's like, oh, this game is too much for me. I, I can't, you know, 
I'm not all about the strategy. And then he was wanting to quit, and Jeff Probst came and talked him back into staying in the game. And looking back, I wish we would have got rid of Shamar. Shamar, when I was at the L.A. casting finals for Survivor, we would go to, like, lunch in this hotel lobby, and I would see yep. all these people. I would see Shamar, and I'd smile. We'd be smiling at each other and nodding at each other like, hell, yeah, if we get in the game, dude, we're going to be buddies. I, I thought right. Shamar was going to be I, – I thought I was going to love Shamar. This dude seems cool. I see his Marine Corps tattoos. He's going to be like a fight-to-the-death honorable guy. Well, that's the beauty right. of Survivor casting – because I because Shamar was the laziest jerk in the game, and yeah. I didn't fight with I don't fight with anybody, never never never, and not, not even two hours in a Survivor, and I'm getting in a screaming match because Shamar's telling me I'm an idiot for making a shelter, even though Jeff Probst in our pregame thing said the first thing I would do you guys is make shelter because rats will crawl all over you and chew on your feet when you're sleeping. So it rains a lot. Make a shelter. So that's what I was doing. And sitting there in the middle of where, we're, where like, I'm building a shelter, tell me I'm stupid because I'm making a shelter and that we should make fire. And then you see Shamar end up having these confessionals of how to make fire, and then he saves the day and gets a fire going. What they don't show is I stopped working on the shelter. There were times we all were trying to do the the whole uh, bamboo friction fire deal. And and Michael, I think Michael and Shamar, I think were the one that that really got it going when it when it when the fire first originally started. Isn't that right, Michael? Yeah, yeah. I mean the the Shamar saga is a very sad part of the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so my, Michael, you didn't. Michael, you didn't. Michael, you didn't quite get along with him either. No, I didn't have any. You know, there was no beef between me and Shamar. He never came for me. He came for every other man in the tribe, but he didn't come for me. Um, I don't think he liked me particularly, but um, he didn't come for me. So we never got into it between each other. In fact, you know, I'm probably one of the main reasons why he. I take the blame for him sticking around as long as he did because I was always like, you know, the 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 the, the, only, the positive thing about Shamar was he was so strong and when you got his attention and got him to focus on something, he was a great asset. Like if we could, he was great in the challenges. He was great, you know. He started the fire. Like if he was like a, a great positive guy, you wouldn't have been able to stop our tribe. I'll tell you that much, right? Um, yeah. He, so I thought I saw the positive in him for a long, you know. People were like, "Oh, we got to get rid of Shamar." I'm like, "Yeah, but let's just we need, you know, when we have him in the challenges, he's amazing. He always, you know, comes through in the challenges." And I was like, "I just want to win challenges, man." So I'm I'm probably one of the reasons why he stuck around longer than maybe you know he he really should have. Yeah, Michael, did you um, did you do the same thing Matt did um, at the finals? You know, at casting, were you kind of eyeballing everybody and figuring out uh, if they make it or if they make it? 
I think I might can get along with that one, and I don't know about that one. Were you doing the same thing? Uh, yeah, but I think, I don't know if Matt remembers this or not, but I didn't go through casting with um, season 26. I went through casting with season 25. I was, when I was at the finals in casting, I was there with Malcolm and Denise and Lisa Welshel and and uh, that baseball player. I can't remember his name. Um, Jeff Kent. Uh, Jeff Kent. Jeff Kent. Yeah, Jeff yeah. Kent. All those guys, I was in... I was in uh, finals with them, and uh, so did I didn't you, know. So I was playing you, with them, and then I was there with Matt and all the all the fans. So, 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 uh, so you got you got the deal where um, sorry, not this season, but then you got the call later for another season. Yeah, they want they, they wanted to put me up. They, you know, they called me, um, I don't know, uh, um, you know, the week or two before. I think they were going to have a normal newbie season for 25, and then they decided to throw in Penner and um, the other guys, right? And, uh, yeah. And, and, Swan and I think and, that's uh, when I got pulled. I think that's when yeah. I got pulled because I didn't get the – they were like, they were like, you are 100% cast for the next season. We're sorry. We're going to make you wait. Six weeks, you know. I, I can, Michael. I can tell you. I can tell you another player. They did the exact same thing to. Um, they they did that to Colton Cumby. I know you both know who that is. Um, yeah. Yep. That he he had made the finals, and they told him um, that he he didn't quite fit this this season that they were doing. But go home and wait by the phone because we are going to use you. And he told me, he said, yeah, you know what I'm thinking? Yeah, right. This is the way they tell you goodbye. But he said, damn, if they didn't call me the next season. So um, yeah, that, that happened to him, good. too. So it does yeah, they happen. Put three, they, they put three old guys on the season 25, so they couldn't have a fourth old guy on there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, wait, let me ask you this, Michael. Wait, let me ask Michael this. Michael, when you were at, at the finals um, with Jeff Kent and uh, Lisa Welchel, did you recognize either one of them? <laughs> Who do you think I recognize? I'm going to guess you recognize Lisa. Yeah, I mean, she was like, she's the first person I saw. She sat right beside me. I don't know, you take this, like, psych test. You take this written test so everybody's in a room, and she sat right. right beside me, and I turned over and looked at her, and I was like, holy shit, that's Blair. And um, I think I was the only one who probably, I think that, that's the only one I did. And, and they said, are there any, so during the casting, they're like, you know, do you see, do you recognize anybody else? I go, I don't know. There's probably some baseball player or, some, or basketball player here or something, and they go, "Really? Who? Who?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I don't know that shit." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's good. Now, now listen. Early in the early in the season, you end up. You, I mean, of course, first you lose um, Allie, and then Hope. Shamar and Laura, 
Now, out of those four, Matt, out of those four, which one do you think it hurt you losing the most? Um, well, I would say, I mean, like Michael said, from a physical standpoint, I mean, we were, you know, losing challenges, right? But they actually were very close. Like, every challenge... We didn't get completely annihilated. Like there, were, like Michael said, if we would have had our act together a little bit better on the planning of who's going to do what, I think we could have won a lot more challenges. So from that perspective, I would say um, Shamar, even though watching the episode, you know, watching Caramelin back, I wish Shamar would have been gone day one. I mean, because right. it just the first half of the season was not showing the strategy of Michael and myself and other people on the on the Gota tribe. It was Brandon Hands and Philip Shepard drama and Shamar. Right. Is, right. So like, well, and, and the other thing about the whole the other thing, uh, Matt, about the whole Shamar thing is. Um, if you've got somebody out there, I don't I don't care if he's big as big James Clement or as big as Austin was or any of those people like that. Tyrone Davis, um, if they don't want to play and they're not into it, they're not going to help you. So basically, he wasted ten days of your tribe's time. Oh, yeah. No, I, 100%. And the other little tidbit out behind the scenes is Shamar got evacuated for his eye, right? Like, right. The, night, the night before he got evacuated, he was literally screaming and complaining to the, the little filmer girl who was up all night long, like, filming us while we slept. He was like, complaining about his eye and whatever, and he got evacuated because of his eye. But I, I learned later on he got a really bad infection from a piece of bamboo in his finger, and that was a way worse injury. So if he wouldn't have – he had to get, like, surgery on his finger in the Philippines. So finger issue was a way bigger issue than his eyeball, and his eyeball is what got him, uh, you know – medically evacuated, but he would have been evacuated right. from his finger like the next day, you know. So he, he was he was leaving he was leaving one way or the other. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. But, um, what I want to say me, is Tessa's gonna have to go soon just to deal with the kids. If you have any other Tessa questions, I would advise to do it sooner than later. In fact, in fact, in fact, I do. I was, ex- I was, ex- I was fixing to bring her into this um, because it's kind of weird because you know most people don't know what happened, you know, and now Tessa, you're all ready to go out there and and help participate and. Hopefully, win your family a million dollars or help win a million dollars, and 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 of course we know what happened. But when he gets home, and you already know he didn't win, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. 
and, and, and I'm wondering, you know, because a lot of a lot of the ones that make it all the way to the end, some of them are kind of mean and cruel, and they don't tell their family. They, they act like, well, I, I don't really know if I won or not. I know I was, I know I was in the right. finals, but I don't know. How do you think Matt would have been had he lasted that long and he got home? Do you think he would have tortured you like that? Or do you think he would have said, hey, baby, I really think I won. I think I got the votes. Matt can't hold a secret for a minute straight. I mean, there is no way that he would have been able to hold any of that in. He came in the door, and, you know, of course he'll tell you in order what happened. First, he sobbed like a baby. Then he held the kids and sobbed like a baby. Then he wanted to go to our bedroom as quick as possible. And then he told me everything. So, uh, uh, yeah, there's no way he would have held it. And I got to just intervene and say thanks to you. You kept me sane the entire season at home. I was dealing with the boys, but I was following your, your spoilers. And for some reason, you right. seem to have quite a bit that season. And it really did right. help me with my, you know, getting through this process. I, I knew that he had been gone just based off of kind of how you were showing some of those spoilers. And then with uh, Lynn responding to me, letting me, she didn't actually say that he is, was out. She just kind of said it without saying it. I don't think she, you know, legally were, were supposed right. to say, but uh, right. I got the hint loud and clear. So um, right. anyway, thanks for all your, thanks for your, uh, your support without realizing it. It was, it was really helpful to see all those little inside scoops from you the entire time. Yeah. We, uh, we have a lot of we have a lot of survivors, and some of their spouses are parents. Um, their mm-hmm. their survivor was premier, and they don't say a lot, but I know I know they're reading it. I know they're keeping up with it. And uh-huh. if I've got I've got credible info, which normally I don't post it unless it's credible. Um, yeah, I, I know I know they're reading it. I know they're getting it. So. Uh, it's not a shock that you were keeping up with that, but I'm oh, glad yeah. to hear it now. I'm glad you. I'm glad you finally told me. <laughs> I I think it's funny. I remember though. I remember you had posted. A, I think it was a picture of Jeff landing in Manila, Philippines. I believe it was, and it was a photo of him at the airport, and that's how you kind of announced that. Um, and right. I remember because they don't tell us at all where where. Our, husbands are going they just say hey we'll see you in a month and a half or you know so right. i had no idea where they where they were even filming but then when i saw that photo yeah. i would i would go crazy all day with the kids taking them it was in the summer so we'd go to the pool and do all the fun stuff that i was just trying to stay as busy as possible but then i would lay in bed at night and i'd see your spoilers and i and i found out they were in manila and i was like you know just trying to kind of process it i would look at the weather i would look and see if i could find any more information right. on Twitter. just anything yeah. um so thank you yeah. thanks that was really now, fun to see your your inside scoop yeah. on that stuff now yeah and at that point now all of a sudden you know you know you're going to be a family visitor now all of a sudden yep. you're you can at least and this is a tip for any family members down the road you can mm-hmm. at least research that yes. country, because you never know if you go out there, the challenge could be based on something to do with that country. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And I was trying to think, oh, my gosh, the, the travel just to get there. It was, I believe, a pretty long flight. And then, 
a boat yeah. trip to get there. I mean, it was a big to do. And I remember Lynn telling me that she's like, you're going to have a lot of travel. There's going to be, don't worry. You're going to have spa days while your kids are being taken care of. You got to go. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah. I, so I will, that, that but, was helpful. All right, before, before we let you go and get back to the kids yeah. who, I mean, I cannot believe how big they're getting, first of all. Isn't it crazy? I mean, no, well, I've been watching, they were little bitty things, and now right. it's like, good gracious. I, I know, mean, and you know, it's, it's cool because Ryder, he's actually 14, and Cannon's 12, and now Ryder, Matt's real, always has had Survivor part of her family. They're watching it with us. The boys are so cute. They get into the str- I'm, We're missing it as a family. It's a family thing we do now is watch the show. Um, but they get yeah. real into it. Cannon gets excited. He strategizes. He starts telling us who who's going to win. And then Matt's been doing, uh, you know, he's got a lot of, like, survivor puzzles and, and this and that. And they'll get out there and get real into it. Um, so Ryder yeah, and Cannon both, they're they're claiming one day they're going to be on the show like their dad. So it's well, pretty, was, pretty cute. You know, I, I hope. <laughs> I hope we're all around long enough and that the yes. show lasts long enough where we might yes. actually get a second-generation season. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be yes. real well, cool. What I want to see, I want to see Tessa play Survivor. I think she would do amazing. Oh, I think she would, like, too. I think Michael, I think Tessa could play Survivor. I think she could be on the challenge. I think she could, her and Matt could be on Amazing Race. I think she could be on, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Have you ever applied for anything, Tessa? Because, Uh, I mean. the inside scoop is, and you're going to know this because you know about everything, but there was a potential blood versus water that they right, that they were looking right. at, that they were talking a little bit about um, that, and then they ended up switching the season to a newbie blood versus water, uh, water, so they didn't have any returning players. And I was talking to someone at casting, and they were kind of asking me on the phone, like, is there someone you would want to take with you? And I just said to them, look, if I'm ever going to go out on Survivor uh, in a blood versus water type situation, I'm not going unless I'm going with Matt. So, um, right. and, and, you know, and right. who knows if that'll ever happen down the road. But, uh, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. I just, Matt and I would have had a blast doing that. Yeah, um, I, know, I don't know. I know, uh, I know somebody else they considered for, for that was uh, Troy Zan and his brother. And, and they ended up going another different direction. I mean, with Troy Zan, I mean, everyone should know this is one of those guys like Matt and, and Michael and you, Tessa, that's been mm-hmm. a super fan. Troy tried for years, years wow. to get on the show before he finally got on. But, uh, yeah, Tessa, I, I before, love Troy Zan. Yeah, Tessa, before we let you leave, we do have a few other callers on here. I know Teresa's on here, Steve's on here, Melissa's on here, Evan's on here. If there's, does anybody have a question um, for Tessa before we uh, let her get back to the kids? Uh, she, I she do. Actually. My question. I was, I was going to ask if you would ever do a blood versus water thing. With would I do so it? Would you, like, would, yeah. you, would, you, would you? Would you do it now, Tessa? 
Well, I told Matt during the whole thing, you know, my kids were younger, so I was, I would always say to him, mom comes first and then, you know, but um, now that they're older, it would be a lot easier than when they first originally talked to us about or talked to me about it. Um, I think, I mean, there is no way I could not do it because that would be Matt's second chance to get out there. I, I, I don't really have a choice. <laughs> I would, I would one hundred percent do it to support Matt and give him a second shot. And I do think that we'd have a. I, I really think so. Oh, I, I think y'all would be a great pair. I think you'd be a great pair. Um, cause I because mean, I go back to one of the things Matt said. He thinks he would have done a lot better in an all newbie season, and I totally uh-huh. agree with that too. I totally agree with that. Um, we would have a lot of fun, so, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, somebody else had a question, I think, for Tessa. Yeah, yeah, uh, Tessa, having watched the show after, afterwards, once it, once, uh, once it aired, and seeing everything that, uh, that your husband and, and Michael did, if you were in Matt's shoes, was there anything different that yes. you would have done in, uh, compared to what Matt well, chose to do? Yes, I think Matt is the kind of guy he wears his heart on his sleeve. He went with the honesty approach with um, with Dawn, and they were really hitting it off, and he felt comfortable sharing with her. He did not have an idol. I think that was the play. He, I mean, people trust Matt. He's loyal, and that was his choice. He decided, I'm going to go ahead and just share this with her, hopefully to get in her good graces. I, however, would have probably looked at the numbers and known I was out of luck here. I'm outnumbered. I would have been scrambling, coming up with an idle story, some sort of, you know, looking. I know he was looking for uh, hidden immunities and things to try to save his butt, but I would have been trying to do something. I don't think I would have ever admitted I didn't have it. I would have been playing something, uh, playing a card that I did have it, or trying to flip one of the other guys. I wouldn't have um, been so nice about that. I, I would have felt that this is my last shot. I got to do something here. Um, but that's just Matt being himself. And I think I don't hold that against him. I know that's how he got where he is. And I think on a newbie season that probably we've seen it on other seasons, that honesty approach right. helps somebody. Um, so I just oh, think it was yeah. just a bad luck. And I just don't think that the cards were playing his way that time. But um, for me personally, that was the first thing I said to him. I, I said, you know, looking at, he knew I was going to critique his play, and I, I said, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you, you know? Um, but I, I also, I, I do understand where he's coming from with that, and I think that for him, that was the right move. So, right. Hopefully, that answered right. your question. Okay. Yeah, I think it did. Um, and I'm glad you brought Don up because I, I almost forgot. But I needed to let everybody know that she sends her best regards, and she wanted to be here tonight. I've actually um, interviewed her before. She wanted to be here tonight, but it's her daughter's birthday, so Aww. she couldn't she couldn't be here tonight. Um, Don is very mm-hmm. sweet. Happy birthday to her daughter. I do want to yeah, say thank now, you to. Uh, Thanks for having me on here, and again, thank you for your spoilers that helped me get through the season, and I enjoy being part of your um, Facebook groups, and if you ever have any questions for Matt and I in the future, we're happy to jump on for anything, so just reach out to us we're again. Good. We're and, good. Uh, I, I, do, I, I do know there's one more question, but I don't, okay. I don't know if she, 
I don't know if she's got the guts to ask you, but <laughs> Melissa, I'm coming. Melissa, I'm coming to you, um, and I don't know if you know what question that I'm going to ask on your behalf. Do you have any idea? No, but you better be nice. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, Melissa, Melissa has been stalking your husband's Facebook all day, um, listening to music videos and looking at pictures and stuff. And she likes um, his new look. And I don't, I don't know yeah. if you know or not, but Matt even confirmed in, in whispers today. Well, my wife does too. So, <laughs> what, what, what about this new look, Tessa? Oh my gosh, we're referring to his that ugly rat tail that was hanging from his chin. <laughs> Okay, so just just to be fair, oh, I never I never called seen, it an ugly rat tail. It's been it's been called a few names. Let's just say that. But I will say I've never seen Matt without a beard. So it's not that I have any problem. I I actually love beards. I think they're great. I just don't love the dread. And it was okay at first. He had it. He had it on Survivor. It probably still smells like a little bit like the beach there, um, but I I am so thankful that we had an excuse, the 20th anniversary, to have a reason for him to feel compelled that and ripping it himself. He had ripped half of it on accident, um, but I am not sad about this choice by any means. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> All right. Now, see, Melissa, I ask I ask a very nice question on your behalf, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Well, Melissa, and the thing is, is because I knew we were all coming on. I knew that you, um, I knew that Matt and Tessa were going to be on, and I thought, you know, I need to go and um, familiar, you know, familiarize myself with them. Yeah. So I looked him up on Facebook, and then I that's when I saw the. The video of him cutting his beard and um, a couple right. of links for his songs. So well, I wasn't really stalking, see, but I. If you, yeah, yeah, see, if a, you, a lot of uh, Tessa, Tessa, uh, Matt, and Michael, a lot, a lot of the people um, that you're hearing these questions from are some of my mods who help okay. operate all, all mm-hmm. the Whispers groups. And. I tell them things behind the scenes. We have a mods-only group where just our mods hang out and we discuss stuff going on in the groups and if we've got a problem or if we're going to promote something, whatever. So I did let the cat out of the bag uh, last week (laughs) that uh, it looks like we're going to have Matt and his wife, Tessa, both. And I told him why I thought that was such a great idea because of how well it worked with Penner and Stacy. And I do yeah. think it, I do think it's been great to get to hear your point of view and to back up just so everybody knows she is in the Whispers groups. You can find her in there. Her name is Tessa Bischoff. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can find her on Facebook. And then Michael. Michael can can brag and say, "See, see, I told you she was hot. I told y'all, I told y'all she was hot." Oh, <laughs> sweet! Thank you so much. 
Uh, I love being part of your group. Yeah, th- thank you for the questions. I've had a blast tonight. I feel like it was short and sweet, but if, like I said, I, I would be happy to answer or give my side of it in, in the future. If there's anything that comes to mind, even if I need to answer it on Facebook, I'm happy to do that. Um, yeah, okay. And, my, you know, maybe, maybe down the road, maybe down the road we'll do a, we'll do a night with just me and you and Matt like I did with uh, Penner and Stacy. you know. Sounds like, where, sounds good to me. Yeah, where we just talk to the both of you guys about everything, um, because like I said, we we you know the three of us have known each other for a long time. Oh yeah. I mean, I've watched big kids grow. I mean, good God, it's <laughs> like, is he it's really crazy. that tall now? I, he I look, know it. You know, in, you know, I mean, playing basketball, he looks like he's gonna be like six six or six seven yeah. before he quits got- growing. Isn't that the truth? And it's if there's anything that ever uh, kind of dates my children, it helps me realize how quickly they've grown. It's go, it's looking back at the survivor experience because they were so little when it happened. So whenever I think back to those, even just talking tonight, it brings me back to those um, ages, and it's just flown by. So it's right. that Jim that you've been you've been able to kind of experience everything with us. Um, from yeah. the survivor perspective, but you also can appreciate how quickly my boys have grown. So. Oh my God! Yes, yes. Oh, I have. Well, and I appreciate you. Very... I appreciate you being on here. I appreciate you Absolutely. being on here, and I'm glad some of these fans are going to get to hear a little bit more about you. And if you start getting yeah. stalked and people start loving your pictures, <laughs> don't blame me. You you blame Snowy because you blame Snowy because he started it, not me. Oh, my God, that's funny. Michael, hi. I just want to say hi to you while you're on here. We miss you, and we wish we could see you soon. I know, lady. I hope you're well. You guys stay safe out there. Sounds good. Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and go get these boys getting getting to bed. It's already late on a school night, but I appreciate the time, and um, hello to everyone. Nice to meet you, and have a good rest of your night, and have fun chatting. All right, we will. Hey, Thanks night, for coming Tessa. on, Tessa. This was Been great. Night, this was great. Thank you, yeah. guys. Now, I'll talk to you later. All right, bye bye. All right. Okay. Bye. Now, now, Matt, Matt, I'm gonna warn you, Matt, I'm gonna warn you. These podcasts go out on iTunes later tonight, and um, they get archived on here. So if you say something about her and she listens back, <laughs> she's going to hear it. So be careful. I'm just telling you. I have been through that with my wife. There's been times I've said things, and I don't, I, you know, I don't even have an idea that she's going to listen. And then like two days later, she's like, Hey, do you remember the podcast you did on Tuesday the 12th and around 8.30 you said this? And I'm like, wow. Yeah, <laughs> no, I remember, but you do. <laughs> there's so. nothing that I, I say all kinds of crazy stuff all the time, so she's, she's used to my shenanigans. What I wanted to say is her and Michael have one thing in common, and they both love – Salad tossing. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, once again, once again, I will say, 
once again, I will say I'm glad we played a disclaimer each, each night. <laughs> well, dude, I, I wanted to hear Michael laugh. Can I tell you, as much as, Mike, as much as Michael and I strategized, we literally had the most fun out of anyone out there playing the game. I guarantee you, if it was who had the most fun on Survivor Caramoan, it was Matt Bishop and Michael Snow, hands down. Yeah, for sure, for right. sure, yeah. Well, now, now, we, now we're about to come to a part of the show um, that, that uh, it, it gets real dramatic, gets way more serious, and I want to hear what both of you have to say about it, how it played out, um, how you felt about it, were you worried about it, were you worried about the females who seemed scared about it, we're going to go to the Brandon Pants blow-up right now. What What were your thoughts when that was happening, Michael? Uh, gosh, um, the Brandon Hans day. Uh, well, it was a very interesting afternoon. Uh, we definitely didn't, um, that I recall, have any idea that kind of crazy stuff was going on over at their tribe. We did know that he was kind of a live wire. He was real mouthy. You know, he was always, you know, but he was just kind of shit-talking all the time. Like, you know, oh, I'm great, we're great, the fans are stupid, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. Yeah, like a true hand. Absolutely. So when that all started to play play out, we were just standing there, really just kind of confused for a really long time. And my my, what I was, I thought they were trying to pull something over on us. I thought they were, they had come up with some sort of scheme or some sort of lie to mess with us. And then the longer the whole thing went on, we were like, I was just kind of like, oh, this is really going down. This guy is kind of a, you know, I didn't think he was um, losing his, losing his marbles or anything like that. I just thought, like, this guy is so angry and he just wants to get out of here. So, yeah. We were surprised and we just kind of we were really just bystanders and watchers of the whole thing. I wasn't scared at all, you know. You know, I think now when you, the we Michael, when you Michael, when you got to the jury when you got to the jury, did you hear more details about what really happened? Yeah, yeah, I think we I think we even heard more about it when we had the tribe swap, if, uh, if I'm remembering correct, right, Matt? I mean, okay. we were just kind of like, oh, tell us about it. And they, you know, they told us about it, and they, you know, we knew that, I mean, it came, when we heard that he had grown out the rice, we were just kind of like, oh, he threw out the rice. This is, a, you know, I mean, that sounds like such a little thing, you know, because it's happened on so many seasons, but it's such an essential right. That's all we have, right? So we were just kind of like, this guy is, you know, they need to get rid of him. So we knew he was kind of a, a, a whack job, but when we got in the tribe swap, I think we kind of grilled, you know, Don and Corinne and Cochran and Philip to find out what happened. So they told us. Right. What about you, Matt? What did you think about the whole Brandon Hans situation? Well, when we go... You know, thinking we're going to a challenge, and then the whole thing came to a head where, you know, Brandon and Philip are getting into it, and and Brandon walks over, and Jeff Probst is mas- massaging him, and they're yelling, and uh, obviously the 
returning players were really distraught and they were crying and it was obviously a really emotional thing. So for me, I was thinking, oh my God, as a fan of Survivor, I was thinking this is an unprecedented event in Survivor. I've never seen a meltdown like this in, in right. previous seasons. I said, this could be... This is crazy. Like, I'm, I'm a part of Survivor history, whether it be good or bad. This is something that's going to go down as an infamous moment. Um, and it was, uh, it was very intense. And, and I also felt like, you know, we're the newbie tribe, the go-to tribe, right? And we thought, oh, man, these, these returning players must have everything. You know, they must have, like, a really fun camp and they got their act together and everything is perfect and they're winning challenges. Little did we know that it was majorly fractured and a lot of drama going on. So yeah, it that, gave me, that, it gave me hope, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And see, the thing about it, the thing about it, Matt, was we, we spoke earlier like, well, Hey, we're not, we're not scared of them. They don't have a whole bunch of, of big, strong competitors. But what they did have, as it turned out, were some players that really ended up getting involved in some crazy drama stuff, which which actually hurt them kind of middle ways. But then maybe towards, after he left, maybe it pulled them together. Right. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, Brandon Hans was the cancer of that tribe. I mean, Philip obviously is is Philip, but the real drama stemmed from from Brandon Hans and his unstable behavior. Um, right. So I, I was glad that that happened. I was glad that you know we didn't have to compete or go to go to uh, <laughs> tribal council and that he was gone. I mean, I remember. I think Julia was was like, oh. I was hoping we could really, you know, play in a challenge to to win. I'm like, I sh- I could care less. I'd rather save my energy. Yeah, all right. Long long and long as one of my, one long as one of them leave, I don't care. <laughs> that's yeah. That's basically that's, that's basically the way that I the way that I felt. But it, it was very intense. And I I will say as well, um, when I got to Ponderosa after I got voted out, Brandon Hans was not there. Brandon I was fixing to bring that up because I, that is another thing. Uh, Tessa did mention earlier that, you know, there were a lot of spoilers that year I posted in uh, in Survival Whisper for me. That was one of them. I, I told people that he went so crazy and so batty out there, um, they didn't even let him stay at Ponderosa. And what happened was, Matt, uh, uh, what they tried to, they tried to let him stay there, but then he got into it with the staff at Ponderosa, you know, the ones that worked there and helped cook and cleaned everything. He got into it with them. So that's when they said he's got to go. He's got to go. Right. And the thing is, when I got to Ponderosa and Brandon Hans wasn't there, like uh, Hope, and Allie and some of the other girls, they were, like, super bummed out because they're like, this guy gets to go crazy and gets to go back home to the United States, and we have to right. sit here at, at Ponderosa. They wanted to go – like, they were so devastated over the 
outcome of their survivor experience. They just wanted to go the hell home. And when Brandon got to go home, like, see y'all later. I'm headed back to wherever, Texas or whatever. That was really devastating for them. So I felt I felt yeah. bad for the girls. Uh, and so when I got to Ponderosa, Shamar wasn't there either because he was in the hospital. So when I went on my yeah. pre-jury trip, dude, it was me and nothing but uh, women. It, it was literally <laughs> I was the only man there. And it was so funny. Uh, I, we, we went to Malaysia, and I remember my stomach was so jacked up. And I was, I, they had to roommate me with, with one of the girls. So I was, like, sleeping in a hotel with, like, Laura. And one night I woke up and my pants were saturated with shit. I sharded <laughs> all over myself. And I was like, I oh my God. like holy shit. So I went and took a shower and I threw my underwear in the, and I And Laura's like, what happened? Like, what's going on? I'm like, I fucking shit my pants in my sleep. And we just laughed about it, you know. It's like. <laughs> it was disgusting. <laughs> yeah, but that's the other thing I was saying. I was going to bring that, Matt. Matt, I was going to bring that up. I was going to ask you to talk a little bit about um, the pre-jury trip because um, even though everyone, you're so, you're disappointed that you're not still yeah. in the game, those trips can be pretty cool. Did, did you guys have a lot of fun bonding with each other? And uh, was Jody with you? Who, who was your handler? Who did you have with you? Um, no, it was Jody Winchesky was not there. So uh, Kelly English was someone who uh, went with us and did a lot of the travel excursions. She planned a lot of – and then Johnny Patillo, who's a former producer for Survivor, um, Johnny came, and I, I got to um, – hang out with him. I spent a lot of time with him. And then that Billy guy, Billy, oh, I'm drawing a blank on his last name. Not Billy. He was, Michael, do you remember Billy? There's a guy named Billy. Well, there were, there, I think there were two Billys because we had Billy, we had Billy back at um, Ponderosa during jury as well. There must have been two Billys. There was yeah, so um, Skinny Little Billy, Billy and, and then and then yeah. uh, Latino Billy, right? Did, 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 did everyone did everyone else hear that little gig that I just heard Michael get Matt with? Um, well, I think we had a Billy back in the <laughs> jury house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. But I, I, I don't. I'm not digging on him. I'm not digging on him. <laughs> <laughs> but Matt, I don't you did get that, so I, Matt? close. But Matt, you did get so close. You got so close. I mean, you got voted out on day 16, and and yeah. then Julia leaves on day 19. When you're when when you're um, at tribal on day 16. Are you pretty sure it's going to be you, or do you think there's a way out of this? Can you make it be Julia or, or someone else? I mean, put it this way. I mean, when we did the, the tribe swap, the first thing I did, you know, they were very vocal, Cochran, Philip, Corinne, and Don, about, listen, guys, you guys seem really cool. Welcome to the Bacall Beach. But if we lose the challenge, it's going to be a fan that's going home because the favorites 
have a deal that we're all sticking together till the merge, no matter what. There's really no other option. So at that point, it was like Michael and I were so close. So, and then Corinne, as we know, like, is like, loves working. You know, she's like, I love working with, you know, I, I love my gays or whatever she said on the show. So she obviously hit it off with Michael, which was, that was great because Michael and I are obviously close. I hit it off with Don immediately because I was a pro BMX bike rider and I started talking right. to Don about BMX and she's like, Oh my God, my son's going to crap his pants when he finds. So in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, Don and I are both parents. She's got a big heart. I got Don in my back pocket. Right. Well, little did I know she's the one that, you know, really wanted my ass out of the game. And I was wow. looking at Don based off of her first season. Right. I didn't know yeah. how cutthroat she was going to be this time. So, you know, yeah. did I think that, Michael and I were like, let's you know, let's let's get out Julia, um, uh, you know, which I love Julia, but I just wanted to stay in the game. Looking back on it now, I mean, I don't have a lot of regrets in Survivor, but looking back and knowing how Karim got screwed by Philip and how watching you know her confessionals about how Philip drove her crazy, I think Michael and I maybe could have tried to convince Corinne to get out Philip Shepard, potentially. I don't know, Michael, if you think that would have worked at that time, but based off of watching the show back again, I mean, you know, that would have been the best thing Corinne could have done, I think, but Yeah. Do you you think, looking back on it now, Michael, that that could have been possible, and you guys just thought, you know, let's just Let's keep Corinne in with us, um, and let's just go well, after Philip. Uh, I yes and no. I, I agree with Matt that that would have been the best move, but I don't. I don't think it would have happened. She didn't want to make any move. Like that's that's the problem. The, she, we were, we should have made a move. You know, every tribal that I was with her. And she didn't want to. She was always wanted to wait for the right moment. She was more cautious than anybody, believe it or not. And um, so I don't think we would have been able to convince her. Matt is 100% spot on that they were not the – we couldn't have broken the four of them by any means. We would have had to have an idol, which which we didn't have. So Right, right. And, you know, that, that and, and is Matt, a weird – I just, I just Go ahead, Mark. One quick thing. So, yeah, what – Tessa was saying earlier about Matt being like too honest at that moment in the game. That that is the truth. That is what happened. Like <laughs> I don't. I'm sure he knows it and has thought about it a million times. But he was just you know so open and he um, wanted to be. He thought being honest. We didn't see a chance. So we're like, okay, we're gonna let them know that we will sacrifice Julia. And, you know, we're ready to do this. And he was like, we're going to just really open ourselves up to these guys. And what he did, and, and they were afraid of that. They were like, and um, the reason they, kept, they got rid of him and not me is because I didn't open up like that. And they were just, they were like, well, he doesn't say anything, so maybe he does have an idol. I didn't say it. That's all. That's what kept me is I didn't say it. He did. He said he didn't have an idol. So, Right, but the, but the whole right time, 
But well, but the whole time, what the whole time, what you two guys may not have known. Well, I know you probably didn't know it back then. I don't even know that you know it now. Um, Cochran, Dawn, Eric, Brenda, and Andrea all had a pregame alliance. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, we we didn't know it then, but we found out kind of slowly that about pregame alliances for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, there was there was some talk. There was some talk, you know, before it even happened. But and, and golly, Michael, that I mean, that is a that's a great point you bring up about Corinne being a player who is like actually playing kind of passive and saying, "I'm waiting for the right time. I'm waiting for the right time. I'm waiting for the right time." When her personality is. She will get all up in your face. Yeah. Uh, well, yes. I think there's. I don't know. I mean, she's a very, she's a very caustic person in her interviews. But like out yeah. there, she's pretty. Yeah, she's I mean, like just wait, an entertaining person. I'll preface this by saying that that she and I know it. We're we're friends, and uh, mm. I would I would. Uh, I would tell that to I would tell her tomorrow, like, Corinne, I can't believe that you seem to have played so passive. Um, no, no, I wouldn't say I don't want to say she was passive. I just she was just waiting for the right. I guess yeah. I mean, I just uh, I don't look at it as like you know I don't want to be dissing on her. You know, it's that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying she I, she was waiting for the right moment. And she, you know, that there's two ways of playing. There's the nowadays everyone's like super crazy aggressive and needs to make a point. That wasn't really happening on our season. Everyone, for the most part, was being, you know, trying to play a social game and uh, and being kind of like I don't know, right, Matt? When you say it wasn't like people oh, yeah. were coming up with crazy schemes and stuff. <laughs> right. Yep. You're exactly right. What what about what about the, the the point of the game? I mean, what what point did you guys start knowing? Um, there's Malcolm, there's Reynolds, and there's Eddie, and they really really seem tight. Shouldn't we get one of them out? They were definitely tight for sure, but I think Malcolm was tight with them because he wasn't tight with anybody else. I mean, he liked them. They, you know, they were friends, but he would have voted them out pretty, pretty quick if he, if it would have saved him. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, we didn't know that until they came back over for the merge. Right. All right. So, so after Matt, after Matt leaves, then Julia leaves. Um, and now, We've got to merge. Michael, what were you thinking? I have freaking made merge somehow. I'm at, my boy's gone. Matt ain't here, but good God, I'm going to enjoy this little feast. Yeah, I, I mean, it was pretty, I, I will say that the worst, 
there was only two bad things that happened to me in Survivor. One getting voted out, and the other one was when Matt got voted out. That was like my I was so crestfallen when when Matt was voted out. That was hard watching him walk away. And you know, and then Julia, who was an ally of mine, and then Corinne. It was just like boom, 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 boom. So. Um, Making the merge was very exciting, but I knew I didn't have any power. I was like, you know, I was one of five people sitting there. Just I was basically begging them. Of, I was like, you guys, let me work with you. Let me work. I was just trying to blow wind up their ass, you know, for like three days and uh, right. trying to get them to to bring me in and then play with them at the merge. So you basically felt like. You, I mean, you had the double emotion. You you had the you had the elation of, oh my God, I made the merge. But then you had the realization of, crap, I don't have a prayer in hell with all these people. I mean, yeah, yes and no. I mean, I knew that I I didn't think I was a big threat to, to people at that point because they knew I didn't have any leverage. So I was like, why would they vote me out at this point? I don't, I don't have anybody to work with. Um, so I started to try and, you know, pass them information around and stuff like that. You know, I, I, I started working with it, you know. Well, and Matt, 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 what did you think? Matt, what did you think when all of a sudden they're coming to you guys in Bonderosa and saying, hey, back it up. We put a head somewhere, and Michael ain't there. You kind of like, oh my God, my home, my boy made it. He, my boy made the merge. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I'm a huge Michael Snow fan. I, I think Michael's underrated as a player. I think both Michael and I both got screwed on our season as far as airtime. Um, I was, I'm a big Michael Snow fan, and I would have, you know, loved to seen him go deep in the game. So, yeah, I was completely thrilled that he made it, you know, far and made the merge. I mean, if he would have gone on the pre-jury trip with me, that would have been absolutely amazing. But obviously, you know, I would have really hoped he could, you know, win win the million dollars. So, Well, well, yeah, that, well Matt. Uh, to be together, Matt, except for when you shit yourself. <laughs> Matt, 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 you do. Matt, you do have to be able to look back and be thankful that Philip Shepard didn't go on that trip with you. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, so, like, everyone, I mean, here's the thing. When I got voted out of Survivor, I was devastated. When I, Jeff Brooks, you asked me earlier, did I know it was going to be me? I I thought, you know, okay, hopefully it's Julia, but, the second that my name was read one time, I knew it was me. I'm, as soon as they're like, Matt, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done. When I got voted And that, that is such a horrible feeling. You know, I have, uh, I've hosted, crap, I've lost, I've lost count of how many um, Whispers games. I've hosted online games where I host them. I do the tribals. I do everything. And over thirty. Yeah, and it's still to me, um, just being the host, um, and watching how these players play so hard and they want to stay in the game so bad. It's just a 
it's a bad feeling. I wonder if Jeff ever feels that way when he's snubbing that torture. Do you think it's just his job? Do you think he he really feels he really feels bad for you at times for for some people? Yes. I do, because what I, I do want to say this, whether this is blowing smoke up my ass or not, um, two things happened after I got voted out. I, I get my I get my torch snuffed, and then I walk down the path after I, you know I'm exiting the game, and I go to this like waiting area, right? Out, and uh, Jeff Probst ends up coming up to me, and he's like, Matt, he's like, what happened, dude? He's like, this sucks, he, and he goes, he goes. He goes, this is the first big blow to the season. You, you going home is what he told me. He said, this is a, wow. this is a major bummer. Wow. He said, I think the fans are, he said, I think the fans are going to be really bummed. So that was like, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, this is, this is a good sign. Maybe I made a good impression. Well, that was a compliment. Back one day. Yeah, that and was a compliment. Then, and then Dave, I think his name's Dave Burris, like one of the main guys, the Burris guy is like one of the, main executive producers for the show. I think his name is Dave Burris. Him and him and Probst are like the two main guys, right? So, because uh, what's his friend? I never met that guy. I never saw him at casting, none of that. So that Dave Burris guy walked up to me. <laughs> so, so, so Burris walked up to me, and Burris, Burris was like, dude, it was so awesome having you on the show. It, it was a real pleasure to watch you play the game. And so I started feeling good about myself, because I, I, at the time I was like, Man, I feel like I played the best game I could play with the cards that I got dealt. Um, and then I went to Ponderosa, and then I got the whole pre-jury trip, and then I found out I'm going to make, you know, a pretty decent amount of prize money, and then I get to go on this CBS paid-for vacation. And I was right. in the for 16 days. I was in, you know, I was going to be in, like, six episodes. Like, I, you know, overall, I tried to make the best out of it. And, uh, and when I got to Ponderosa – all the girls that were there, they're like, oh, you know, you're definitely going to get asked to play again, Matt. Like, you were awesome. They were all pumping me up, right? Matt, I'll be 1,000% honest with you. I cannot believe, and I'm not just saying this because we're friends um, and you're on the show, um, I cannot believe they've not cast you again. Yeah, I mean, they have not called me one time. They called Tessa on that second Blood versus Water. Caitlin Moore called Tessa and said, you know, hey, we're looking at doing this Blood versus Water. We used send a – actually, I'll tell you what, how it worked. After I played, I contacted Lynn Spillman, and I said, hey, even though I played, could Tessa apply on her own to play Survivor? And at the time, Lynn yeah. Spillman said, yes, have her send a video in. Tessa sends a video in. It's a fucking badass video, dude. Tessa sends a video in. Caitlin Moore calls her. Caitlin Moore Moore calls Tessa about Blood vs. Water, too. And they said, hey, would you play with Matt? She's like, 100%. And then they're like, well, if we did something different, who would you play with? And she's like, well, maybe my sister, but probably not, you know, just Matt or whatever. Well, they they wanted me and Tessa to make a video together. So we filmed a whole casting video, her and I, which no one's ever seen before. I've never publicized any of my videos. So we made this video. We started filling out the paperwork and all that shit for, for Blood versus Water. And then it was like crickets. We didn't hear anything. And finally it was like, oh, hey, sorry, we 
we went a different route, and it was Blood versus Water too. When Keith Nail and all the you know, all the newbie Blood versus Water people, that's the last yeah. thing I've heard from from Survivor, you know. And uh, I've stayed active in the community, and I'm not I don't live my life thinking that I'm going to play Survivor again. I have an absolute badass, amazing life prior to Survivor and after Survivor. Amen. Survivor was Amen. Good. So, but and I and I, and I will give you this, Matt. Matt, I will give you this. You and I are in a select club together. You do have a fancier grill outside, but I think <laughs> it's a toss-up between you and me as to who cooks the most because I cook all the time, too, for, for our family. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. But I yeah. tell you what, I would give, any, I would give anything to play Survivor again. I, I'm, I'm disappointed that... The I mean I can't really complain about my edit like after the show and I was like I got recognized everywhere I went everywhere I went in Cincinnati hey it's a guy from Survivor can I get a picture can I get an autograph it was literally like you're a celebrity here in Cincinnati for a time right. period it was a it was right, a really so. really big deal and uh, but I just don't think that I made a big enough go far enough and it was all about Shamar and Philip Shepard and Brandon Hance. I don't think my strategic gameplay along with Michael's was was shown. I mean when I came back I told my wife every single thing that went down. And then when we watched it right. on T V when we watched it on T V Tess was like, Well Matt, you said this, this, this and it's looking like this person is doing this, this, this I'm like, Well, I don't know what to tell you is I mean I'm telling you what well, happened. I mean, that's it. I mean, that's it. You know, a, a lot of fans, a lot of fans will, um, of course, we don't allow, we don't allow the abuse in whispers. I mean, we we don't allow trolls to attack players. We respect, we respect our, our survivors that are in our groups. But all, there are a lot of places over the internet where, you hear BS like that, and you're like, "Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? You're a dumbass. Yeah. Why did you?" And you, you know, and of course, you just stay away from those places. But yeah, um, you know, I, 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 honestly, I mean, because I get into the, I get into the production side of stuff. I really, I, I get into that, and and I know. I mean, you know, a lot of players will say, I can't help how they edited me. There was a lot of stuff you didn't see. It's a 48, 45-minute show, and there was so much more that happened. And then a lot of fans are like, oh, BS. They show you for who you are. You know, this is, that's what you did, and that's what you didn't do. And that's not true. There's a lot of stuff that you don't see. And you don't know. Oh, yeah, tons. Yep. Yep. And, Jim, I, I think a couple weeks ago, artists said it best in that they start with the winner and work back. So if, yeah, I'm if always, Matt had made... I've always Matt, said that, If too. Matt made... Yeah, if I, Matt I made, made words with Michael and they made they did better, they probably would have shown a lot of him and Michael strategizing. Right. See, I, I, do think that did hurt. I do think that did hurt you, Matt, and you, Michael, was because you weren't at the end. Because it is my opinion, 
if you go back and, and watch seasons and look at placements and how it turned out, I think it bears out that they do the edits backwards. They work from the winner back is how they edit. They're going to worry about, you know, the top three or four up there, and they're going to edit them in a certain way. And then, you know, the people in the middle are at the start. Well, you know what? You're not going to get as much of an edit. I don't care how good you were doing. We're we're concentrating on these four or five players right here. Yep. I mean, like I said, I'm not complaining. Like, I, I... Some people get a horrendous edit and it ruins their life. Survivor didn't ruin my life. If anything, it made my life more fun. And so I had a positive experience overall. I mean, do I wish I would have played season 30, you know, versus 26 or just any newbie season? Yes, because I feel like I would have been showcased more and maybe I could have gone to play again. But like I said, it it is what I – I'm very lucky and fortunate that I got to play the game of Survivor that I love. What irritates me is the fact that Michael and I played an extremely strategic game, and anytime you see, and you did like even like a little poll, and it's like a lot of times like, you know, who would you want to see go back? And I, I mean, I wasn't at the bottom of the list, but it drives me fucking crazy when I see Reynolds and Eddie and all these dudes that, that are – high on the list when they weren't even fans of the show, don't know the game, don't care about the game, and people like Michael and I who love and respect the game and and would love to play again. I thought y'all did pretty good in those polls. I mean, of course, Brenda and Andrea are always going to be at the top. Everybody loves Brenda and Andrea. And Malcolm's going to be up there because, you know, the women love Malcolm and his his flowing hair and stuff. But I, I thought yeah. you two guys did did okay on those polls. I guess maybe I didn't check them. Yeah. I, I think you might either, – either, either you need to check it again or either I, – I didn't check it recent enough because the last time I checked, um, y'all were kind of in the middle of the pack. Well, maybe we were, uh, can I, I get a word in you. edgewise? Sure. Yeah, go I've ahead, been Teresa. Sitting here patiently for, I've been sitting here patiently for an hour and a half and haven't gotten a chance to say a word. Well, I did, I did ask if anybody had questions, so go ahead, Brian. Go ahead, Teresa. Okay, well, uh, in looking at this, uh, Matt's got 13 votes. Michael's got nine. And uh, the big ones are Brenda, Andrea, then Malcolm. It's always going to be that way. I mean, mean, that's Survivor fans. It's always going to be Brenda, Andrea, and Michael out of that cast. And I would have thought thought Cochran would have been way up there, too. Cochran is close to the bottom. Really? Wow. He is actually. That may be because I have spoiled that he said he will never come back. Cochran's got 17 votes versus, uh, so he's like one, 
two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight out of twenty. And he's tied with I voted, I know when I voted, I voted for both you guys. Um, I did not vote for Riddle or Eddie or Laura um, or Malcolm or Philip. I didn't vote for those. Um, but I, I mean, I my personal vote, I did vote for both of you guys because I, I mean, I, I mean, I know I, I don't understand. Like I, said, I don't understand how Matt hasn't been back on as involved as he's been, and Michael just he just fits he fits a role that they're always looking for. Plus, he's got experience, and he made the jury before. So, you know, if I'm casting, if I'm casting, why am I why am I not looking at those two guys? Well, if Varner can make it three times and never make it to the jury, Matt certainly could make it once. Yeah, well, you know, Varner sucks. <laughs> I, I, y'all may be friends with him, but Varner sucks. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Francesca, I mean, shoot, yeah, she's a sweet person, but well, uh, they won't, they won't, they won't, they won't bring her back again. And she's a very close friend of mine. Um, I wish she could just go on TV and slap the hell out of Philip and get it over with, you know? Well, I know I even put a poll in there a few weeks ago saying something like, could she do a, could she survive in a season if she didn't have uh, Philip? Philip. Well, she may have. You know, Francesca may have a lot better chance a season without Philip, but Michael, um, Matt, do you think after what's happened to Francesca in her career, it's almost like it's too easy now, we'll just vote around again? There's no way Francesca would ever play again. I don't blame her. I, I don't blame her. But what? But one question I have for you, Matt, is uh, I know, like in the picture they show with all y'all, bef- the pre-merge, y'all look pissed, and it's probably because you weren't allowed on stage or anything like that. But why wouldn't they allow you on stage? Oh my well, God, I remember that. Oh, yeah. I mean, they told us there was not enough room on this new stage, which we all knew was bad. That was bullshit. So, I'm telling you, that was bullshit. Oh, yeah, it was all about Brandon Hans. Apparently, exactly. you know, Russell and Brandon, they didn't want any trouble um, with Philip Shepard, so they thought there was going to be some sort of violence. So he didn't they, even so, show up. He was, he was basically so banned Brandon, from... Brandon, Brandon wasn't there, so they wanted to kind of like conceal the fact that he wasn't there, so they just said, we're just going to not have the yeah, yeah. people so, so on the stage. How much sense does this make, Michael and Matt? He's not there, so let's do something we've never done 
and sit the rest of the players out in the audience instead of on stage so we won't draw any attention to the fact that uh, Brandon ain't there. It's stupidity. And I'm, here's the thing. I knew that, you know, I'm not going to get a question from Jeff Probst at the finale, right? Like if I'm on stage, I wasn't expecting that. But it, But for me, I was just, my wife and my friends are out in the audience and I wanted to have some closure to my survivor experience by being on the stage with my cast. And I got robbed right. of that. So I never, I never got any really closure from that point of view. I mean, yeah, I got a, I got a $10,000 check, but I mean, that doesn't it's not every, I, I wanted that experience. And it was in the front row was a huge slap in the face. It was bullshit. See, I will see, say that. See, wait, wait, say, wait, wait, See, he just, he just confirmed a spoiler I've told you for years. The finale check in itself is ten grand, but I have heard recently they really, really went up on it, guys. Now it's eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Or according to uh, Jeff Kent, uh, mm-hmm. roughly uh, $6,000 after Obama gets his share. Well, I don't know. That, that, depends on, that depends on each person and their tax um, circumstances. But but uh, let me let me ask Michael about that situation about let me ask Michael about the situation about the uh, pre-jury sitting in the crowd. How did the jury feel about seeing that? Yes, I was. Uh, I- I pretty much agree with Matt. It was, uh, it really was a nasty, it, it put a whole, such a sour taste in my mouth for the, the finale. We were so looking forward to it. And they kind of, like Matt said, they, they kind of bullshitted us about it. Like they didn't, they weren't honest with us. They didn't say like, Hey, here's the deal. This is why we're, th-. they're like, Hey, yeah, there's not enough room on the stage. And we're like, Oh, did you just, ca- did you just today count how many people are in the cast? It's such, <laughs> we were, we were really mad and we didn't, and they never said, this is what's happening. It just kind of was this slow wave of realization. I thought they were sitting out there. We were, we were in rehearsal and they're sitting out there uh, and I thought it was because they were going, they were just rehearsing like, oh, and then, you know, you bring out the whole cast after you announce the winner and all this. And then they just never came up and we're like, well, what's going on? Why are they sitting out there? And, uh, and Probe said, oh, well, they're going to sit here. I go, well, there's there's enough room here. And we all squished in. We're like, we'll squish in. Let bring them up here. And um, right. and, and they wouldn't do it. And I, I said something to Probe afterwards. Probe doesn't like me. So I went up to him afterwards. And I said, you know, this. So they're so upset that they're sitting out there, but we're just as upset as they are because they're like, we're a cast, you know, we, we did this together and they're sitting. Right. Out there the right. It was, it was right. really, really a big slap in the face. And, and they know. didn't have the and, ball. And, and Ma- the, Michael, uh, Michael, Michael, the other thing that is so, um, I, I don't want to use the word ironic, but the, the way Jeff told you that, um, 
details cast every year. This is your show. As if they're a whole group, you know, a whole group, a whole cast. This is your show. If you want to go back home and tell friends what happened, that's up to you. We can't stop you. They know they can't. They know they're not going to ever sue anybody anymore after they didn't sue Russell. So um, he he wants to say this is your show, this is your cast and your show, but then all of a sudden there's like, well, then why are half of them sitting out there in the audience and they're not up here with us? And this state, I mean, come on. The only time ever your stage ain't big enough, that's BS. Yeah, it was such a it was such a lie. You know, I I work in production, I you know, in a different kind of production and I'm like, that's the first thing you do is you build well, what do we need for the stage? Well we need to sit twenty people. And he's like, We don't have enough room, the stage isn't big enough. I'm like, This is the same goddamn stage you use every time, moron. He's lying to us. <laughs> Right, right. And when, and now, Michael, you and I have something in common. Jeff folks don't like you. Jeff folks don't like you or me. He don't like neither one of us. <laughs> right on. But I, hey, well, you know what's real, what's real strange? I get along with Mark, but Jeff just don't. He can't stand me. But Mark, yeah. I get along with. So it's weird. You know, it's weird. Yeah. Um, did you, yeah, did you have anything else, Teresa? Teresa, Teresa huh? did you have anything else? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not uh, – a few years ago, Brandon Hans gave this BS live Facebook video, and basically <clears throat> he was saying that the behind-the-scenes people actually told him to have his little – that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. I will, I, and I don't know if Michael or Matt know this, I bet you Tessa knows it because it sounds like Tessa follows my information when I post it. But I will tell you something about Brandon Hats for that season, and it caused a real big stir after it was all over. Brandon... You know, you guys go through a whole lot of uh, tests and exams and crap during finals and stuff. Brandon Hatz failed the psych exam. Yeah, I've heard that. And and Jeff Jeff Probst overruled it and still put him on the show. And then you saw what happened. That's why they sent the guy's ass home right after it happened. They were trying to cover their asses. Well, in yeah. defense of Brandon Hans, in defense of Brandon Hans, if he was having uh, psychological problems and you know a mental breakdown or whatever, I think it was a big disservice to Brandon Hans for them to put him. On Survivor because Survivor is a insane game and experience, and he was young and he was having trouble after his first season, and I I just don't think it was fair to Brandon to cast him. Well, and and I agree with you. I agree with that. 
But you have to go back and look at the timing of the whole thing. We were in the Hans mode with Jeff Probst back then. He had to have a Hans, it seemed like. Every other year, he had to have a Hans. So, um, Brandon, and and I, I know Brandon, and I can tell you he has always treated me with nothing but respect. Anytime we've talked, it's always yes, sir, no, sir, thank you. Great manners, um, but maybe he just wasn't cut out to be out there doing that. But Jeff right. wanted a hands. Jeff wanted a hands out there. Yeah. Didn't you say yep. at one time, Jeff, uh, Jim? I don't know why I'm gonna call you Jeff, but Jim, uh, that. Uh, the inception of blood versus water was to have Russell versus Brandon? They talked about it. They talked about doing that. They talked about it. But, of course, I mean, Michael, Michael and Matt can both tell you they always have three or four ideas on the table that they're looking at. They don't lock into one thing. They have three or four things they're looking at. And then they, they, they look at casting and who they have, and then they look if they want to do returnees, and then they decide which direction they want to go. Yep. So yep. Uh, question, a question for Mike and Matt. If, uh, because Malcolm replaced... Uh, Troy Van was uh, bumped in favor of Malcolm. Out of the two, who would you have rather have had? Troy Van. I like Troy Van. <laughs> I, I, I got along with Malcolm pretty well out there. Um, you know, he was fun to play with, and he he's actually a really cool guy, so it, it was fun to play with him. Yeah, with Malcolm, the thing that kind of rubs me the wrong way, we've talked about this before on on uh, other podcasts, but shortly after Philippines or something like that, he posted something on Twitter about how he only uh, likes people if they're good looking. <laughs> yeah. Who are you talking about, uh, I, I, you talking I, about I, Are you talking about Malcolm? Are you talking about Malcolm? Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I would imagine that that was probably a joke. I mean, I don't know for sure. I mean, yeah, he, I yeah, I he, he does, he does joke, joke around a lot. He's pretty sarcastic. He's a really smart uh, guy, and I think, and he's pretty sardonic, you know. So I think, I don't know. I would have, I would have taken it, it as was a like, joke, I, but I, I can't say for sure. Yeah, it was well, actual. I, I, uh, I, wait, wait, I think, wait, I think he's pretty smart. But I think he used bad judgment with So with So Kim because I I think she's a fantastic girl and he should have stuck with her. But that's oh, that's right, right. that's a whole other thing, have, you know. Well, you know, there had to have been something in that relationship that was lacking because if if everything was Hunky Dory, they wouldn't have broken up. See, the thing I have well, with that is that they weren't I married. Told you. They weren't married. I told you. 
I told you it wasn't Hunky Dory. I told you it wasn't. That was back when the yeah. Malcolm. That was back when the whole Malcolm fame was starting. Everyone was starting to know who Malcolm was. Every woman wanted to meet Malcolm. And I mean, if you're single, if you're single and you're a guy like that, um. I mean, I'm not saying it's right because it's not, but you're probably going to do a little bit of roaming around. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think that it would have been worse if they were married with kids, but, you know, they weren't. They simply broke up, and and if he cheated, you know, that's in bad taste, but. Um, yeah. He should have broken up with her before doing something like that. But right, and I love her to um, death. She's a sweetheart. She's she's a she's yeah. a sweet girl. I love her to death. Um, yeah, but, and man, I'm sure, already, but she's probably better off without him. She's probably she better probably off without is. him. Correct. And and you know what? Her and her sister would be great for a blood versus water if they did it again. But. Uh, I don't know if that she would want to play again. But, Matt, i got a story for you. You were talking about after you were voted out, the, uh, Jeff coming to you and and telling you what he did. Um, yep. I, I can tell you that that makes two people. That makes two people I know he's ever done that with. You're one of them. And the other one's mm-hmm. going to surprise everybody. The other one's going to shock everybody. But after Angie Layton, after Angie Layton got voted out, Jeff yep. made a point to go to her. He made a point to go to her and say he was so sorry uh, about her getting voted out and how the whole cookie mess came up and all that BS and with and with Russell Spawn's tribe and. And uh, he thought she could have played a lot better and blah, blah, blah. So he, he did that with Angie, too, Matt. Wow, that's pretty cool. I, I did yeah, that. yeah. So, um, wow. Any, uh, any more questions before we move towards the end of the show where we get to the part where I'm, like, about to have a coronary and and they should have me on like a heart monitor and everything because it's coming down to my girls Andrea and Brenda and Eric's still in it and Cochran's still in it and Don's still in it and I know they're the ones in the alliance and I'm about to have a heart attack figuring out who's gonna actually win this thing. Um Steve, and we've added Kim to the conference. Kim, you got any questions so far? Good night. Oh, my God. Yeah. I hear, what the heck? I, I, hear, I hear you, Kim. Do you have any questions so far? Well, I don't hear Are you. Are we sure that's true? Uh, I thought it was. Let me check my numbers. I thought that was Tim. Yeah, that's Tim. Yeah. 
That's me. Yeah. All right. So, Tim, uh, you've been listening to the whole show. You've been out in the chat room. Um, yeah. Surely you've got some questions for uh, Matt and Michael. Yeah. Um, out of the returning players besides Malcolm, since uh, his season hadn't aired yet, which of the which of the returning players were you most surprised to see? That's a good question. Who, who, out of your cast, the the ones that have come back, who were you surprised to see get another chance? Yeah, obviously Malcolm can't be an answer to this question because you guys wouldn't have been would not have been able to see his season yet. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was just. I, this is not a dog toward any of the returning players on, on the favorites tribe, right? However, like when, when the helicopter's coming coming in, you know, I was expecting to see like you know, you know, like a Troy Van, a Benjamin Coach Wade, uh, the Johnny Fairplays, the Cerise, you know, like really, these were like not your typical people that you would necessarily have on your top ten list of people that you think would return. So I, I right. thought, oh, my God, Philip Shepard again? Are we going to have to watch him pick underwear again? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, um, but, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, they cast, you know, Cochran and Don together, you know, kind of pairs from previous seasons. But, you know, you, you can't you can't really cast Francesca without Philip Shepard, you know. So I think and, that's and you can't, you, you, you can't be surprised. You can't be surprised at Brenda or Andrea, as popular as they are. Right, right. And then so, so, Eric, Eric was Eric made sense because he was on the first fans versus favorites, and he had, you know, his his legendary blunder. And his exactly, season. exactly. Um, so I, oh, mean, yeah. and then I, I mean, I like Corinne. I think Corinne's an awesome villain. She she is. She is. A, her she really is. Her confessionals are awesome. And I could watch Corinne play Survivor all the time just based on her oh, I, professional. I, I love her to death. I love Corinne to death. Um, Michael, Michael, what do you think? Who who was the least likely that you saw? Uh, I would say I, I kind of agree with Matt that um, the general vibe was like, oh, wow, there's no really – like you, there was no Boston Robs or Ceres or anything like that. Um, but I think Probst and those those dudes were trying to create a whole new generation of like Survivor big shots, you know. So that's why they um, brought these guys out. Um, you know, so you know, I, I would say they were all I thought pretty decent choices. I, I was uh, really glad to see Corinne. I mean, everyone thinks. Corinne likes me because I was I'm a gay guy, but she, you know, we connected from the get go. I went up, you know, the moment I got to talk to her, I was just like, I'm so glad you're here because that you have, you know, a sense of humor like mine, you know. 
and um, and that's why we connected. So I was really glad she was out there. I liked everybody. You know, I I didn't get to yeah, know Brandon. Just uh, just don't go just don't go up to Corinne and say, Hey Corinne, I saw you on Survivor and you know what? I really like sugar. I thought she was pretty cool. Don't do that. <laughs> do not do that. <laughs> I, I I'm just, I'm warning you, I'm warning you right now, still to this day, that is a horrible subject. So don't tell Corinne you like sugar. <laughs> well, let me, just, let, me, let me just tell you a little story, Jim. So I was on I was on a podcast. Uh, I think it was, I was on my podcast, Reality NSFW. We were talking to someone from Korean season. I forget, I forget the girl's name at this point, but I was making a comment how I thought Corinne's epic speech um, – you know, the, the big thing she's talking about, sugar, like you're a useless blah, blah, blah on society. Like, I thought it was funny, and I said that I thought it was funny. From a from that point in time, as a viewer of Survivor, I was entertained by that, right? That was an entertaining moment. Well, I'm friends right. with Sugar. I'm friends with Corinne. Well, Sugar, I, I even kind of said that in a podcast, and I guess Sugar listened to it, and Sugar Uh-oh. starts blowing up my phone, like saying, Uh-oh. I can't believe you said this, Matt. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I, I really have no idea. So I spent like two hours in a text battle back and forth with Sugar trying to let her know. I'm like, she's like, Matt, you're you're not the same person I thought you were. I can't believe oh you. Oh, my God. You're stupid at Johnny Fairplay's level and all this stuff. Oh, my like, God. I, I said, I, I, I finally got her to calm down. I was like, look, I was like, I don't know what to tell you, sugar. I was like, you know the kind of guy I am. I love my wife. I love my family. I'm a good dude. Get the fuck over something that happened years ago. Like, you have yeah. the issue, not me. I was entertained as a fan, and that's the context I was talking about when I watched it. Yeah. This was before I knew Corinne and Sugar. And but oh, she, yeah. I mean, Sugar Dude was like hanging me out to dry. And we're cool now, but I literally had to take two hours of my. And I told my wife, I'm like, oh, I think I even texted this. I said, I said, Sugar, let me just tell you something. I have never in the 22 years I've been with my wife had a drama back and forth argument in my own marriage, and I'm having it with you about some <laughs> stupid moment on Survivor. I was like. This is fucking ridiculous. Well, let me let me let me add to your story, Matt. Let me add to your story. I did contact Sugar about possibly being on the podcast and she told me this is what she told me now. She did reply, I'll give her that a lot of survivors don't even reply. They get so many messages. They don't. They don't even read them all now, and you guys know how that is. Um, but Sugar did reply to me when I offered her uh, a chance to be on a podcast. She said, "She said, Jim, I do appreciate you asking me to do this, but I could care less about that show or those people anymore." It's, obviously, she does, or she wouldn't have been in a. 
she was listening to a podcast that I did and then had to like, you know, go yeah, on. Yeah, and you know what, Matt? You know what, Matt? She'll probably listen to this one and she'll probably be testing me out for two hours more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I love. That's the thing. I told Sugar like I love Sugar. I hung out there at events. I'm totally cool with Sugar. And in addition to that, I'm cool with Corinne. I try to get along with everybody, man. You know what I mean? There's right. very few right. people that I just yeah, don't I try get to do along with too. in my life. I do. So, I try to do the same yeah. thing. And and I'll I'll tell you a quick story about Corinne. Um, after her season with Sugar like that, Corinne was in a very bad spot. She she was done, you know. She wanted nothing else. And I at the time I was doing live chats in Survivor Whispers premiere where I would bring in the guest and we would just do it in a thread in in Whispers premiere and we would talk to the guest and fans could jump in and ask questions and you know it would just be like a couple of hours where we went back and forth talking to talking to a, a Survivor so, being this idiot that I am, knowing that Corinne is burnt out and pissed off and blah, 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 I'm like, well, that, that, that would make a good guest. I think I'm going to see if Corinne will do it. And, <laughs> and she was, she was kind of like, she was kind of like sugar. Because she was a member. I mean, and she's in. She's in Survivor Whispers from here. She's in the spoiler group. Um, and she said, Jim, I appreciate everything you do, but I'm, I'm just kind of done with this show. I don't want nothing else to do with Survivor. Blah, 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 blah. And then about a week later, she, she contacted me again, and she said, you know what, Jim? I think it's a good idea that I do it. And I just... I say the things I need to say, and I and I get it out there. And I said, "All right, let's do it." And we did, and she did a great, great chat. She still maintained that she would never ever do the show again. About two months later, she emailed me and she said, "Jim, guess what?" And I said, "What?" And she said, "I'm going on the show again." I said, "Oh, see how it works out? Do you see? Do you see?" <laughs> Oh, is that Corinne? Yeah. Yeah. And uh I look, she 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 gives you the persona that she's this big bad girl and everything, but she's really a sweetheart. She really is. Once you know her, once you get to know her, she's really a sweetheart. Mm, yeah, I agree. One thing I was uh, surprised <laughs> to read recently about Corinne was that I thought her and Eliza were friends, but they just uh, uh, randomly put them together on Amazing Race. Well, they kind of fit together. I mean, you know, when you think about it, they, they kind of fit together. And, I, and I'm good. I think everyone knows I'm good friends with Eliza. Love her to death. Um... um I think it was just don't you don't you don't think that was a good fit, Teresa, to put them together. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
What about uh, would, would would you guys ever consider that? You know, Matt, Michael. Would I mean? You know, there's a lot of of cross. I call it cross casting now. A lot of survivors are ending up on MTV uh, on the challenge. Uh, would you guys ever think about something I mean, like that? I'm 52 years. I'm 52 years old. I don't think they want me on those shows. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what about uh, come on? What do you think, Matt? Well, I think that I think that if Survivor, like CBS, was smart, they would have had Michael and I on Amazing Race very soon after our season aired. Now no one gives a shit. But if if wow. I was asked if I was asked to play, or, you know, to go out on the Amazing Race with Michael, like if they said, hey. I know, like, you know, it'd be cool to have you and your wife, Matt, but, but you know, we, we're looking for a special cast. Would you and Michael do it? I would jump at the opportunity. I mean, it's not going to happen, but hypothetical, right. I would do that in a heartbeat. I mean, right. if I have no desire to do Big Brother or, any, you know, some of those things, I, I really, I just don't have desires yeah. to do. And, and, yeah, and, you know, my feelings... My feelings on that, um, and I know I know certain survivors right now that I'm friends with that are trying to get on that show on MTV on the challenge, and I'm telling them, um, you know, we're friends, and I'm just going to be honest with you. This is my personal advice. If you ever want to be on Survivor again, don't do it because... Once once you go on there on MTV, they're not going to bring you back. But you know, it's their decision if they think Survivor's done with them and they're not going to use them again. Then you know, and they don't want to go out and just do their regular jobs and their regular work, and they're still just trying to be on TV. Well, then they're going to try to get on MTV. Yeah. Right. What do you guys hey, think about that, Michael? What, Michael and Matt, what do you guys think about that? As far as after Jim, you I leave the show. I got, Jim, I got to wrap up here. I have to do a few things before I hit the hay and get to work in the morning. Sorry. Okay. Um, I'm, I, I, yeah, yeah. Well, you have a good night, so if we, Steve. Yeah. So if you had any last that wasn't me. That was Michael. Yeah, that's Michael. Michael's the one's got to go. All right, Michael, 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 my last few questions to you are, with you being in the jury house, and here here you are, you're watching these people come in. You're watching Philip, Malcolm, Reynolds. Then you're watching Andrew and Brenda and Eric, and Eddie, and Sherry, um, what are you thinking? I mean, are you thinking, crap, Cochran's got this wrapped up, or does Dawn have a chance? Or does Sherry have a chance? So, I didn't, we, I wasn't really thinking 
unfortunately, I don't know. I don't know if Sherry ever had a chance. You know, I like Sherry, and she. I think she played hard, but she, you know, Sherry unfortunately was never able to make her case. You know what I mean? Like she wasn't able to um, at tribals or in, in when she was speaking in front of everybody was never able to assert her story. So I don't think yeah. she ever had a, an opportunity. I mean, she was playing well, but she didn't tell everybody she was playing well. That's what Cochran did. Right. But we didn't notice Cochran had a chance until, like, I would say the very end, to be honest with you, because, you know, there were so many good players still in until, like, the final, you know, six or seven there. So I yeah, would say when you- it wasn't until the final four that I was like, oh, this is Cochran's game. Yeah, so when you're actually when you're actually getting down to seeing, okay, Andrea just walked in, and now Brenda just walked in, Eric just walked in, and now Eddie walked in. You're 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 kind of down to, um, do I vote for Cochran? Do I vote for Don? Well, after it, what it, was, it was not hard. It wasn't hard to, to vote for Cochran. I was, you know, for me it was between Doc Cochran and Don, but the, what tipped it over to Cochran for me was the fact that um, everyone was so upset with Don and everyone was saying how, was laughing and saying how wonderful Cochran was. So they were playing the game together and they were side by side the whole time and Cochran was just entertaining everybody the whole time. He, like, he, he had everyone laughing at tribals, and, and Don was making everyone upset, you know? So I was just right. kind of like, oh, well, Cochran did it with so much aplomb, you know? He was, he, he, they played the same game, and he made it look easy, and, you know, Don made everyone cry. <laughs> All right, all right. One, one, one last question, Michael, and we'll let you go. And we appreciate you being on here tonight. You've been fantastic. It's been really fun. It's, You've it's been, been fantastic. Really fun one, and, one, and, one last question I have to, I have to bring up. Um, what about the whole thing between Brenda and Dawn and the twos? And did Brenda really <laughs> help her, or did she embarrass her? How, how do you think that played out? Well, it wasn't fun by any um, to watch at all. It was very. It made me very nervous and upset to watch them, them both be upset with each other, right? Because I like them both. I was. I wasn't really close to Brenda, but I got to know Don pretty well, and Don and I are still friends. Um, but it was it was upsetting for me to see Brenda that upset with Don and. And her, and then for her to turn around and upset Don. Now, I think she had good reason to be upset with Don. Um, I think the, the stuff that happened between Brenda and Don, Brenda really saw it as outside the game, and that she did uh, Don a real favor and helped her out. I agree. Then I agree with and you. And then Don turned around and and went right back to the game, and which you know I you can't fault Don for. She's there to play, um, right. but Brenda saw that as a real betrayal and was very upset by it. And she was gonna, she was gonna make sure that that story didn't get lost. She wanted to make sure that that story had to be told. 
Right. And like, like I told you guys earlier, they were all part of a pregame alliance. You know, Andrea, Brenda, Eric, uh, Don, Cochran, they were all in a pregame alliance. And then that happened. And I agree with you. Um, it, it basically pissed off Brenda. Um, and I think afterwards, Don probably regretted it. Um, I do know both of them very well. Um, I do know after this season, I can tell you that Don um, had to had to have some counseling. Um, I even talked to her husband once, and uh, it, it, it was just an unfortunate situation between two women that were actually pretty close, you know, until that happened, you know. And, yeah. and, and it's like you said, Michael, to Brenda it was personal. It was, yeah. And, she, you know, she was putting – she was playing just as hard as everybody else, and she felt that she put it aside for Bre- uh, for Dawn, and then, you know, Dawn hit her with it. You know, hey, right. more yeah. power to Dawn to both of them, more power to – Dom played a great game. You know, she was an incredible oh, yeah, player. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, hey, uh, thanks so much, Michael, for coming on. And I hope one day we we can get you back again, maybe for a whole show where it's just me and you and, and some fans talking about stuff. But I appreciate <laughs> you being in Whispers. And, and uh, we all thank you for coming on here tonight. And now you're dumping off on Matt because we're going to all lay the questions <laughs> on him. Now Matt can really say what he thinks about me. Well, thank you all for having me. Uh, Matt, love you. Take care. And everybody, love stay safe too. here this year. And um, we're going to get to the other side. Take care, everybody. Thank Amen. you. Thanks, Jim. Amen, Michael. Thank you so much. Bye, Michael. Bye, Michael. Bye, Michael. Bye, Michael. Bye, Michael. Bye, Michael. Hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. Yeah. Let me yeah. tell you something. You you're really good at picking friends. He he's a really cool guy. Oh yeah, Michael's the best. He's he's a he's a great friend of mine and, and uh he's a he's a smart guy, you know, and it, it was a pleasure to be able to play the game with him and, and we had a really good time playing the game. Yeah. Well I, let me let me I go back to... let me go ahead, Teresa. I was just going to say one person I was disappointed as far as that season that was asked to come back but declined was Matt from uh, Redemption Island. Yeah, got, like he was uh, after, yeah, for, Oh, you mean, Matt, you mean Matt Elrod. You mean Matt Elrod. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I went yeah. over that before we started. They did – they did ask him, and he turned it down. They asked Shambo, she turned it down. But actually, they were asking two people that had already let them know, hey, don't ask us again because I, I, we don't want to come back. So, I mean, they should have known the answer was going to be no, you know. Um, right. Those people are not. There are there are just some people that aren't coming back. And it's just like Cochran. Yeah. 
I don't care what you throw at Cochran, he's not coming back. It's not going to happen. So, uh, but Matt, I want to get to you, and I want to get your thoughts on what happened between Brenda and Don. You know, I hate like like Michael said. I I hated seeing that stuff as well, um, and and I do feel that it is a game. And you're you're trying to win the game, and and you're like willing to do whatever it takes, and blah blah blah. But I think there's certain things that sometimes cross the line into real life and gameplay. And I, and I think but, when you're out but, there, it's but, easier said than done. Let, you know, it's, let, let me remind you. Let me remind you, Matt, that your wife tonight, Tessa. Says that you play with your heart. You play with your heart. So if you're Brenda and you're playing with your heart and you're trusting Dawn and she screws you over, I mean, was Brenda oh, justified? Yeah, it's, it's a major. It's a major deal. I mean, I'm super close with Lex and Boston Rob. You know, when 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 they played together, they were tight bros, and and Bob right. and Rob screwed Lex over, and it's it's right. it, it it was a big deal. It's it's something that crossed the line that Lex thought that he could trust him. So it it's something that can really ruin friendships and really mess people's lives up for a long time. You know, people don't realize that game. Do you, Matt, Matt, do you think, do you think what Dawn did to Brenda hurt her with the jury votes? I think so. I mean, I think Brenda's whole. Or I think excuse me, I think Dawn's whole attitude and like she played a totally different game than she played her first time. That's why when I met her when the tribe swap happened, I was thinking of a Dawn that played the first time, but she was just. Going into this like major cutthroat, evil type gameplay compared to her first time around, and I do think I, I do think it hurt her. I think she was, uh, and I love Don. I mean, we we remain close, and we, we remain close, and and I think, you know, after Karamoa, I think it really. Uh, affected Don in a big way. I mean, she pretty much, you know, before Caramoan, she was obviously <laughs> wanting to play again, like after her first season, and um, I, she's kind of just disappeared and kind of left left Survivor in the in the rearview mirror. I, I don't think Don would ever play again. Um, I've never really asked her if she would, but I don't think she would. I think it, I think it was too much uh, emotional roller coaster for her. I, I I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't say it's a definite no, um, but I would be leaning towards probably not. You know, right. um, yeah. My situation is I was in the middle kind of because I mean there. I mean anybody who knows anything about Survivor knows that me and Brenda were really really tight. Um, but they don't know, a lot of people don't know that me and Don were really close, and we still are. Um, yeah. And I know it, 
the thing that was so horrible about that was after it was over with, Brenda regretted it like crazy. Yeah. Uh, of what happened and how it played out. She regretted it. And Dawn regretted how it played out and what happened. Um, so it was it was just like um it was something that happened and people made decisions and then at the end they both they both regretted their decisions. Usually one one regrets and the other one's fine, but in this situation they both regretted it. Yeah, I could I could totally see why. I mean, especially it's one thing playing the game, and then when you watch stuff back on TV, and you're just like, "Oh man, like that was harsh." You know, it's it, it, in the moment you're sometimes not thinking about necessarily how it's going to play out on TV and to the viewers. Like, never when I played the game was I thinking about how am I going to look in my edit and. Am I going to do, you know, I was just playing the game, you know, and just happy to be playing the game. Right. Let me, let me ask you a question well, before I forget it. Let me ask you a question before I forget it, because it was something I wanted to ask way, way earlier tonight, but I forgot it when we get off into another subject. Now I just thought about it. When, when you were in the finals, you know, being casted, and all of a sudden, they're letting you know, um, okay, you're you're going to make the cast. Did they ask you to make sure you keep your beard? Did they want that on the show? Yeah, they, they never want. Um, I mean, obviously, I think my beard and the way that I look was a big part of them casting me for Survivor. But they never, like, said, hey. Make sure you don't cut your hair or your beard before you leave for Survivor. Because honestly, when I did my first audition video, I had just a normal full beard, and then and then I started like the dreadlock or whatever. So when I went to yeah. the finals of casting, um, I had like the dreadlock beard started, and uh, so yeah. I looked. My beard looked actually different, but. Yeah, they never actually they never made a a point to say anything about that. And uh, and Lynn was the one in charge back then. Yeah, Ken. Uh, so Ken Raskoff was my casting guy, who is the first one. You know, he did all my telephone interviews. He the one that you know saw my video and called me. But Lynn Spillman was the main head honcho and who put the cast together. This is when Lynn was still still doing it. Okay. Because I'm kind of surprised she didn't ask you to keep it because I'll give you a situation from another season. Uh, yeah. And it, and it, it comes from uh, Survivor Nicar- Nicaragua. She had cast a uh, she had cast a female that had uh, purple streaks in her hair. Yeah, and then she was in Hawaii on a vacation, 
and she ran into uh, Kelly Shin in, a, in an yeah, elevator in a, in a hotel. And I've told this story many times, but I don't know if you ever heard it, Matt, so I, I, you know, I'm telling you. Um, she sees yeah. Kelly, and she's thinking, oh, my God, this girl's gorgeous. Um, and she starts talking to her in the elevator and tells her what she does and talks to her about Survivor. And uh, she ends up bumping the other girl with purple hair. And then asking Kelly and asking her to put purple streaks through her hair so she still got her uh, her, her cast uh, member with the purple streaks. And Kelly had never seen one episode of Survivor. She had no idea what it was. Uh, they do yeah. what they do. You know, You know they give you DVDs to watch. You know, they, yeah. they do all that stuff. And oh, yeah. Kelly paid no attention to it. And a, and a funny Brenda uh, Kelly story is the first night on uh, Nicaragua when it started getting dark, uh, Purple Kelly, Kelly Shen, went up to Brenda and said, what time do we go to the hotel? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Eddie Fox from my season said something similar because he, he never watched Survivor. So it's like raining, like, all night long, right? We're, like, absolutely miserable. And then I'm kind of, like, yeah. laughing. I'm like, dude, this sucks so bad. And Eddie's like, aren't they going to bring us, like, you know, jackets and blankets and stuff? And I was like... Dude, they're not bringing us shit, dude. We're they're not very crazy. They're not, bring, but back to Purple Kelly, like she is super cool. Like I got to play. Wow, uh, Yeah, I got, I got to play uh, the survival challenge that uh, Stephen Pickett and John Bataya they did at Bob Crowley's um, property, the Durham Warrior Survival Challenge. I got to do that two different times, so yeah. I got to play. I got to play with Kelly Shin and Sarge Jason and Spencer Bledsoe, oh. Nina Acosta and Twyla. Um, oh, who else? I and then I, I played with uh, yeah, Nina. If you, if you ask Nina, if you ask Nina, you ask Nina. Do you know Jim Early, Missy A.E.? And Nina's gonna say, Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's my nephew. I mean, because I'm always calling her Aunt Nina. I've always called her Aunt Nina. That's awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. Um, Heck yeah. Yeah. All right. Anybody, um, we, we've got about uh, 15 minutes left. Anybody got some questions? Who's got a question for Matt? I've got one, Jim. Oh. Uh, all right. Go ahead, Steve. Now, I, w- I was going to bring this up earlier, but then we ended up getting into a whole entire different discussion. Uh, back with the whole Brandon Hance incident, you guys were on a, were on a major losing streak, and this basically gave you guys a pretty big break because, well, I mean, in hindsight, it gave you a big break, but then, you know, you ended up getting absolutely screwed by the uh, by the tribe swap immediately after. Had Brandon not exploded like he did, and maybe you guys end up doing the challenge and 
you guys end up having to potentially go to tribal again. Did you and Michael have any set plan in motion? Because at the time, you guys were rebelling against uh, against Eddie and uh, Ronald. Right. And so at that time, I'm trying to think who was still, like when we went to the Brandon Hans thing, who was, um, so Hope and Allie was, good. refresh my memory, who, who who was go- who all were the people that were gone from my tribe at that exact moment? Do you remember? Yeah, it was. Yeah, Hope, I, I can uh, give it to you right now. I can give it to you right now. Um, the boot order was Franny, um, then Allie, Hope, Shamar, Laura, then Brandon, uh, then you, Julia, and Corinne, and uh, Snowy. Yeah, so so, now that, so Shamara was already gone when Brandon Hans melted down. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, M- Michael and I were super tight and, and kind of talking about how we wanted to move forward in the game. And like I said before, at the beginning when we voted out Pope and Allie, Eddie and Reynolds were getting like really pissed off and but I was I was able to literally talk my way and sweet talk my way back into the good graces of Eddie and Reynolds and still convince them that I was going to uh work with them. And they believed it because they just kinda of didn't didn't know the game of Survivor so and, and I was open. I, I here's the deal. And I know you're never supposed to feel confident in the game of Survivor or going to tribal council and stuff. But literally, I never felt vulnerable a single time. I was never once worried at all at tribal council about getting voted out until we did the tribe swap. And then I was like, oh, this sucks. I'm I'm, I'm screwed probably. Um, so um, at that point in time, I mean – Michael and I were solid, and we had a good social game to where we could have gone whichever way we really wanted to. If Michael and I would have been like, hey, Eddie and Reynolds, I know we voted out Hope and Alley, but uh, I think it's time that we work together. Let's get out, let's say, Julia or something like that, right? Um, right. Julia is one of those characters like, just to talk about Julia for a second, Julia was very quiet on Survivor. She was really young. I think she was like 19 or something when, when uh, she played. She, right. was so, she was so cool and so fun on our pre-jury trip. I hung out with Julia and Laura a ton, uh, and I finally saw – you know, oh, okay, this is the Julia that they that they cast for Survivor because the Julia yeah, that did, I saw did you know, was did you know about did you know about Julia's uh, race car background? Yeah, she let us know. She wasn't. No one was trying to really conceal what kind of career they had, except for Sherry. Sherry okay. did not let us know she was, she was uh, extremely successful and wealthy uh, restaurant franchise owner. 
She basically right. says, hey, I'm a, I'm a mom, and I really need this money to put my daughter through college. That was her and, story. And for her, and for her math, that's smart. It's true. Yep, really smart. So, wow. Um, I just have to feel bad for Eric getting that far and have to be medically evacuated. Yeah, yeah well, what did you think about that, Matt, after you... I know you were off on your uh, your fun trip and eating all that crazy food and visiting all those crazy little places. But uh, yeah. once you get back home, and I, I man, come on, look, I know you guys hit each other up on the phone. You talk to each other, and you know certain things that happen. What did you think about Eric's luck again? Oh, I felt really terrible for Eric and honestly I mean his edit was pretty much non-existent I mean him and Brenda for as much as like their the seasons before like they were you know especially you know Eric had a, a lot of airtime in the first fans versus favorites he just had a whole you know, he got screwed on on the second fans favorites man I mean He's not happy about it. We, I've had him on my podcast kind of talking about this stuff. I think it really bothers right. him. Right. Uh, and getting going that deep into the game and getting evacuated, that would suck. I've done, I've done a live interview with him before. I agree with you. It, it, it's still stuck in his crawl. Um, he still feels like, how many times can I get screwed over on this show when I'm doing so good? I know. Yep. Uh, and I think he can go back and play again. I mean, hell, they they had him and James come out to be in the crowd for that one at the one finale or whatever to to you know, I forget. Remember when they had they flew him out there? Him and James would just be like a special guest on stage to promote like another season of something. Yeah, like 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 they were teasing that they might be coming back. Me exactly, right. Yeah. Yeah. So what what do you think about after all of this time um that that we've had to take off because of the uh the coronavirus and everything, and now they're about to shoot two um, two movie seasons back to back, and they're hinting that they may film a third season um, a little bit after that, so they can get this thing kick started again. Um, we all know Survivor fans are very loyal. Do you think the fans are still going to be there after all this time, Matt? Do you think that Survivor's still going to be okay? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, here's my theory. So I do a podcast with, uh, you know, Johnny Fairplay and this guy, Zach, right. and Reality and SFW. So I got involved in that whole deal because I love Survivor. I just kind of fell into it randomly. I was not seeking it out. So – some people hate Johnny Fairplay. Some people love Johnny Fairplay. Um, so we've discussed this recently. My thought on this is Survivor is on Netflix right now. 
and it is right. bringing it's bringing a lot of eyes to Survivor. A lot of new fans, believe it or not. I've had a lot of people hit me up in private messaging that I totally have, agree. They they felt fallen in love. So I think you're going to have the diehard fans like us who are going to be dying to see Survivor. Like we're so hungry for a Survivor season, we're going crazy. Right. So I think right. we're going to be we're going to be obsessed with watching it. I think that you're going to have a whole new group of people. All age demographics from Netflix going to be a really big, uh, a big, really big deal. Now, what I hope is that the cast is good enough to, ha- you know, I hope it's as good as, um, oh crap, um, the season Nick Wilson won. Um, David versus Goliath. Oh. Yeah, David yeah. versus Goliath. Yeah, I agree with you. Matt, I think the Netflix move was brilliant. I think that's something they really needed to do in between while we're waiting. Um, yep. Because I agree with you. I think it brought in a whole new fan base. Um, okay. I, I mean, I've got kids, and they know that I'm really into this, and they know I spend my time doing this. But I've got younger younger kids that don't get it, but now they're starting they're starting to watch it and get into it like, oh, this is what daddy's doing. You know, this is what daddy's doing online. So um, I think yeah, it was probably, a real honestly, smart move. I think for someone like, you know, like what you do or – you know, me podcasting with Fair Play about Survivor and Rob C and all these other, I think you're going to have a lot of people that that have watched it on Netflix. Those are the kind of people that seek out podcasts. So right. I think that there's going to be, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be watching the show, but also checking out YouTube videos. And I'm hoping that with all of us that love the show, whether we get along with one another, like I get along with everybody, Jim, but I'm just saying, like, right, I, I, right. I'm hoping that it's, I'm hoping that it's a chain reaction that everyone that's passionate about Survivor collectively that do podcasts and do this and that, that it really helps to blow up the show and get a lot of eyeballs on it like it once was. Because to me, it's the greatest yeah. show. And you know, and you know what? I think I think there's I think it's a lot like that, Matt. Um, and I, you know, I talked to you earlier about all of this. I, I wanted you to promote everything you had going on, podcast, uh, your music, anything you had going on. Um, I'm like that with Rob. Um, I, I always retweet him. I always try to get people watching. Um, it, it, it don't matter, you know. It really don't matter. We're all in the same boat together. We're all trying to do the same thing. Right, totally. And I think there's a, you know, there's there's different strokes for different folks, right? Like that's that's why right. I think it's good. I think there's good that there's diversity and different styles of people that do podcasts. And you know, one person might be a fan of Rob C. Another might be a fan of Johnny Fairplay or Russell Hance or, you know, Bryce 
uh, Purple Pants podcast. So I think it's right. Like you said, we we all we all love Survivor, and we all want right. the same thing, and that is we want Survivor back on TV, and we want it Amen. to thrive, and and, and we want Amen. it to continue on. We wanted to continue on, and um, you know, if I ever get a chance to play again, I would be absolutely thrilled to do so. I think it'd be really oh. fun for my my kids, but I'm not counting on it. You know what? You know what? You know what, Smack? If you got to play again, that would mean I would get to hang out with your wife a lot. Yep. Uh, here, and you know what? Here's, here, here's the funny thing. I, she would be, asking, I would she would be asking me, Jim, what's going on? What's going on? Well, the funny thing is, Jim, like I, the one thing we've done, my wife and I have done everything together over the last 22 years. The only thing that she has not gotten to experience is being on the island of Survivor. Like I would. Oh, I'd love to see her out there. I would way rather her have a chance by herself to play like an all newbie season of Survivor than for me to go back. I just would love to see her yeah. play because I think she would be great. Well, you know, maybe maybe they'll come up. Maybe they'll come up with a theme. Maybe they'll come up yeah. with a theme like spouses or relatives or something. Maybe they'll come up with a theme like that. But even if they don't, yeah. you get to play and you get to play again. Your ass yeah. better get your ass better get the family so I can see my girl Tessa show up. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right, man. That's right. <laughs> well, th- man, th- thank you for all the support over the years, all you guys, man. It means the world to me. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the show. I'm very blessed that I got to play Survivor. I'm very fortunate that I get to sit here and talk to you all about the game that I love and the, the uh, all the cool people that I've met in the Survivor community. Because I'm just a fan, right? I'm just a normal guy right. that got to play. And, and I talk, anybody I see on the streets, man, like I, I'll i sit and talk with them about the game. I'm, I'm not some, oh, yeah, well, if you want to talk to me, you know, that's going to cost you. You know, I, if you want to ask me about how to get on the show or whatever, like I, I, I do it, you know. And um, I, I don't know. Matt, you know, Matt, you know right. there's some people. Matt, you know there's some people that do that though. That's the sad oh, yeah. part. Some people yeah. do that. You know, you want a picture with me? Hand me five bucks. You know, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you want I mean, that to have me on. Okay. And Matt, so. you're you're near one of my favorite vacation spots. Uh, Smoky Mountains. Uh, you live in Cincinnati, right? Yeah, I do. Yep. Because uh, my uh, when my daughter was a teenager, we used to drive and go to uh, Cedar Point and uh, Kings Island. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, big amusement park. I do. Um, hey. uh, this girl Tasha Wilkie oh. does a, a survivor-related event here in Cincinnati every year called Reality. Reality for diabetes, and we always do this uh, diabetes walk at Kings Island. Yeah. All right, well, listen, That's folks, we are, we, wait, wait, we are all out of time for this week. I want to thank uh, 
Snowy, Michael, for coming by. I want to thank Matt and his lovely wife, Tessa, and all our guests. You can catch this on iTunes later, or you can catch it on our archives here at Blog Talk. And Matt, I think we're going to have to hook up again later on because I think we got a whole lot more to talk about. Time, man. You just let me know, brother. I will. I appreciate you, dude. Appreciate you. You know I got you back. And yep, Matt, no I problem, did, man. And Matt, I did All send right. you a face, uh, friend request on Facebook. Okay, yeah, I'll check that. Thank you so much, you guys. You have a good night. You All too. Right. Good night, everybody, okay. and thanks. Thanks for another great podcast. And next week, we have something coming that's really, really wild. Because we're going to involve survive, not Survivor. We're going to involve Big Brother. We're going to involve Catfish. We're going to get down to the truth of what really happened with uh, Michael Cowboy Ellis on uh, Catfish with Julia Cruz. Because that's what we got booked for next week. Thanks, everybody, for joining in. This was a great podcast. I loved having Tessa, uh, and Michael was so great. And, of course, Matt is a superstar. So um, we will see you next week. Okay. Good night, everybody. Night.